Welcome back to Second and Short. It is Wednesday, October 11th, 2023. We're coming off of a fantastic weekend in sports full of upsets, blowouts, close games, all-time performances, and best of all, playoff baseball. The AL-NLDS games have been fantastic. The NFL games this weekend were fantastic. We had a lot of surprises of good games in college football this past weekend and a ton to talk about. Uh, Colin, how are you feeling coming off this fantastic weekend? Yeah, well, I mean, going to bed last night, I could hardly talk. You know, that Braves game had me stressing. But overall, a lot of dominant victories, upsetting losses, but really just a lot of good matchups. So it was a very entertaining weekend. Oh, yeah, definitely entertaining. Before we get into anything, guys, if you're on YouTube, make sure you're liking, subscribing, commenting, turning on notifications, all of that. If you're listening on the podcast platforms, make sure that you are following us on there, leaving a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. And um, if you're on YouTube, you can see all of our links here down below, all of our ads for all the social media accounts. And then if you're on the podcast platforms, go to that link tree, visit those, and follow there because we're posting content pretty regularly now. Uh, I'm starting to get my little schedule down for when I'm posting the content. So um, feeling pretty good. Colin, well, pretty good is an overstatement. I feel like shit. <laughs> uh, woke up with something this morning. Don't know what it is. Doesn't matter because I'm here for you guys. So this is either going to be a flu game or um, my worst performance on this show ever. Uh, so we'll see. But, Colin, are you ready to get into NFL Week 5? Let's do it. All right. We start, as always, with Thursday Night Football. Bears commanders what the fuck happened bears 40 commanders 20 a little dick butkus tribute game yeah that's what it was justin fields justin fields was just like not human during this game and neither was dj moore uh yeah neither was dj moore but honestly sam howell didn't have a horrible he had a horrible first half but the second half he looked like a pro bowler yeah yeah, he looked but, good in this game. It's just Fields finally having good appearances. Yeah, what really impressed me was just how well the Bears' O-line looked for once this season. Yeah. So, like, Justin Fields wasn't having to scramble all over the place. He was actually able to stay in the pocket and make pretty impressive throws. Yeah, he looked just like an actual real-life quarterback. Like, he looked like an NFL quarterback in this game and, like, for the past two weeks, really, he, he kind of has. Um, Khalil Herbert certainly helped him out, and then he goes out with the injury. Fields did pretty well, kind of balancing when he's going to run as well. Like Having 11 carries for 57 yards means that he's probably only running in instances where he has to, and, and I think that helps this offense be way more efficient. They pick up their first win of the season. It's a huge one, and uh, Washington just continues this skid. Yeah, I don't know. Like the defense just looked horrible. They like they they kept trying to jump routes, giving up the big plays, uh, and that really hurt them, as you can tell. With DJ Moore going for eight receptions, two hundred and thirty yards, and three touchdowns. Yeah, and the only other two people that caught a pass are Cole Komet and Robert Tunyon, who are both tight ends. So DJ Moore was the only wide receiver. Um, and we got the news before this game that Claypool wasn't going to be there. And then um, we got the news now that Claypool got traded to the Dolphins. But um, 
Yeah, just like Darno Mooney got four targets, didn't catch a single ball. Khalil Herbert had three targets, didn't catch a ball. And then Equinemius St. Brown had one target, didn't catch a ball. So I don't know what those guys were doing, but DJ Moore and Justin Fields were uh, putting that work in. Yeah, and I will say, uh, so I think Khalil Herbert and Roshan Johnson are missing next week's game uh, due to injury. So uh, Dante Foreman's going to be making an appearance. Yeah. So we'll see. And then also, I, I, I'm i going to butcher his last name, but blessing game, is that how you say it? Yeah, I think I think you're pretty close. He's their fullback. He, he, he looked pretty good for the few carries he got. You know, he was yeah. just their, their ground and pound guy, like their third and short, uh, just time waster. Uh, but I had never heard of him before he even played. Yeah, he's pretty solid. And he's a great blocker, so he obviously helps them out as well there. Yeah. But... Um, not much else to talk about with this game. Justin Fields just been pretty hot two weeks. He's got eight touchdowns in two games. That's much better than I could have imagined from him considering the first three games of the season. Yeah. But let's get into the games from Sunday. Jaguars 25, Bills 20 at a horribly managed Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London. I feel like we should just start there. Yeah. So Tottenham, as well as every other English soccer stadium, has real grass. All of them. But the technology they use for Tottenham Stadium in particular is like panels of grass. And these panels are stored beneath the stadium. So they take those panels of grass out and then roll out essentially a turf carpet over a hard surface for a, for an NFL football game to be played there. It's just horrible. Yeah. And, and like uh, one of the Bills players after the game said, we came all the way over here to play on fucking cement. <laughs> like, and that's what it was like. How, like, I don't even know how many Bills got injured in this game. I think it, it was like four or five. Yeah. Like, and there was our... There was already four or five Bills players missing yeah, due to injury. So that Bills defense is like in shambles right now. Yeah, but I will say both the quarterbacks had great games, you know, outside of like the, for some reason, both these teams really couldn't score touchdowns for most of this game up until the fourth quarter when it kind of got rolling. But Trevor Lawrence looked great throughout the game, just seemed like, this team was not clinical in the red zone. Travis Etienne had like a career day, 136 yards, two touchdowns. But Calvin Ridley also doing it uh, once again, kind of coming back from uh, what, like one or two kind of down weeks for him, seven receptions, 122 yards. This Jaguars offense, fully healthy, looks insanely different than what it did in the past couple of weeks. Yeah, they just added so many weapons on offense. And when they're all healthy and clicking on the field, literally there's not a bad option to go to. I mean, yeah. you got your wideouts. You got Ridley, uh, Kirk, Zay Jones. That's a phenomenal wide receiver room. You got Evan Ingram at the tight end slot. And then you have a uh, running back committee of Etienne and Bigsby. Bigsby being a rookie, not seeing that many touches. But he's got a great mentor in Etienne. So we're going to see him progress every week. Yeah. And... For some reason, this was the week the Bills decided to not run the ball. 
I don't I don't really know why. Josh Allen did a great job passing. 27 for 40, 359, two touchdowns, one interception, didn't get sacked once. Um but they ran as a team for 29 yards and James Cook who's been so good this season had five carries for negative 4 yards. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah. And their longest run of the day was 7 yards by Josh Allen. Yeah, I mean, that's, they just couldn't get anything going. I guess that's why they relied on the pass so much. Is just they weren't getting anything out of their running backs. Yeah, and so, they were definitely passing the ball. Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis eclipse 100 yards. Stephon, eight receptions, 121 and a touchdown. And Gabe Davis, six receptions, 100 yards and a touchdown. But other guys also getting in on it. Deontay Hardy, two receptions, 62 yards. Fantastic. So, I think... The biggest story from this game is um, the turnovers, the fumbles, man. Stephon Diggs, fumble, lost it. um, And then Trevor Lawrence fumbled three times, lost it twice, recovered it himself one of the times. But holy shit, could they not hold on to the ball? Yeah, dude, the first half was probably like, or even just the first three quarters. Yeah. The most boring NFL game I've ever witnessed. Yeah, it definitely makes you not want to get up at 930 to watch football. Right? The Bills couldn't even get in field goal range to give yeah. their kicker a chance. But you know, overall, the Bills, they got a they got a tough stretch coming up with uh, how broken that defense is. Yeah. So they got to get that run game going because they can't just rely on the pass every week. Yeah, most definitely. Um, all right, let's talk about our Falcons. They get the win at home. 21-19 over the hot Houston Texans. C.J. Stroud didn't, like, go into takeover mode. We still didn't pick him off. <laughs> He's still insane at just not throwing picks. He now has the NFL record for the most pass attempts without an interception in NFL history as a fucking rookie. It's a rookie, man. Literally to start off his career, he has just broken an NFL record for something that is very, very hard to do. And has he started over 200 yards every game? Like, has he gotten over 200 so. yards every game? Yeah, I think so. That's yeah. He's like he's making the Panthers regret not taking him number one. Yeah. Oh, well, I think he's he's just making everyone regret not trading for that pick from the Bears. Yeah. And now, but Desmond Ritter, man, I hate I hate it. Why is he doing this to me? He heard you, man. He listened to the podcast. He knew he was on the hot seat. Or maybe it's just because he's only good at home. Maybe. He is undefeated as the starting quarterback in a football game at home since high school. Jeez. He hasn't lost a home game as a starting quarterback since his junior year of high school. Why can't we just play our whole season at home then? (laughs) That'd be so nice. Um, Seemed like Bijan... And Tyler Algier got stopped pretty well in the run game, but Bijan's receiving touchdown was one of the craziest catches I've ever seen. I think I could put it up there. He caught it one-handed behind his back while, like, bobbling it while still moving, and then, like, jukes a defender and runs it into the touchdown. Just the things he does on a weekly basis are absurd. Yeah. You want to know, like, the craziest stat line to me in this game is that there were no sacks recorded. Yeah. Like. 
crazy. If you if you tell me the Texans are coming to Atlanta to play the Falcons, I would think combined there's over ten sacks in that game. Yeah, because the Texans have a great D line, but so do the Falcons, and for both really not the greatest O lines in the world, but they looked really good. Yeah, they did, and I I think for both of these teams, especially the Falcons, I think a lot of that goes to the improvements we've seen on that offensive line. Um, you know, Lindstrom and McGarry are obviously great, but Matthew Bergeron, Jake Matthews both look good, and they looked great in this game. But also using tight ends a lot. Arthur Smith really likes using the tight ends in this offense. So we got to see Kyle Pitts out there on the field. And then we see, and, and he had a great game for you know his standards recently. Seven <laughs> receptions, 87 yards, probably the best uh, in, in a while that he's had. And then Drake London had a pretty good game. Jonu Smith continues to be a big part of this offense. He was also out there. We also saw uh, Michael Pruitt, like a whole lot of, of big guys that you're throwing out there, either blocking or or what what it, whatever. But it just works. I, I don't I don't know how to explain it. Throwing Kevin Smith out there as well a lot at fullback, running kind of a heavy package that most people aren't used to seeing. Yeah, I mean, overall, it was a entertaining late game. To watch. I mean, yeah, the Texans had Tank Dell go out on concussion protocol, so that took away one of his weapons. But we also saw Dalton Schultz get active for the first time this year. So yeah, yeah, it just overall like a good game to watch. Though it was relatively low scoring, you had kind of a, a big comeback there. Um, not not uh, like a huge margin or anything, but you know, considering they were down, you know, twelve seven going into the fourth quarter. And then um, the Falcons just kind of turned it up there late. It was nice to watch. It, it was nice to watch this team play well in all aspects. Like, it wasn't a bad game in the run game. We just didn't utilize it as much as normal. And we let Desmond Ritter throw the ball because he was pretty hot. So I, I'm I'm pretty happy with this performance for the Falcons. Yeah, absolutely. Um. All right, let's move on to uh, Lions 42 Panthers 24 little palindrome for us um are the Lions like actually a contender now four and one they beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead they beat the Packers at Lambeau and they're just kicking the shit out of the bad teams I think they really are that good yeah and this is a game that they played without their best wide receiver yeah like Amon Ross St. Brown and Jameer Gibbs are both out of this game but David Montgomery is just, like, putting up insane stat lines this year. Like, where the fuck did he come from? Because he wasn't doing this shit with the Bears. No, definitely not. Yeah, 19 carries, 109 yards, and a touchdown. And then you got Craig Reynolds running for 52 yards and a touchdown. And Jared Goff ran one in for himself. Yeah, which is weird because, you know, two carries, zero zero yards, yards. and a touchdown. (laughs) Yeah, but... No, I mean, Bryce Young just can't seem to stay away from the interceptions. I don't even think it's just the interceptions either. I think he just, he finds himself in a bad spot so Mm -hmm. often. Like, the obviously the offensive line does not help. But, like, 
he's just never in the right place because like he's throwing it it relatively good accuracy 25 for 41 isn't bad but yeah like you said the two picks hurts but he only got sacked once so it's like it just seems like he's running around in the pocket all the time and just having to throw it out of bounds a lot yeah one thing i will probably say is that just the absence of a run game all season yeah Miles Sanders has been shit. Chuba Hubbard's been, you know, what we expect from Chuba Hubbard. Uh, but Adam Thielen's been his main guy. Yeah. And that's really great. about it. That's about it. Yeah. Um, We've seen, but, like, a, a couple of good plays from Mingo, same for DJ Chark, but nobody else has had a good game other than Thielen on this offense. Yeah, but, I mean, Miles Sanders in that run game is just absent. Yeah, every and he game the ball in this game and lost it. Yeah, and I think that was like uh, they were driving too, and yeah. like they were looking good. But overall, I mean, when your offense like can't give your defense a break, it's just tough. Yeah, it is. Like they they have some good players on this defense: Brian Burns, C.J. Henderson, uh, Von Bell. Um, Oh, sorry. Um, they got to yeah. injure J.C. Horn. Yeah, J.C. Horn, who's out. That's kind of who I was thinking of. Uh, but, yeah, the Lions are just too much. They're too much for bad teams. That's what it looks like. That's how I can, like, start to consider them a contender. Is like they just genuinely are too much for a lot of these teams that they're playing. Like, Jared Goff doesn't have to do anything crazy. 20 for 28, yeah, a very accurate day, but nothing insane. 236 yards, but it's the three touchdowns and no interceptions that does everything for him. Yeah. And then, of course, David Montgomery having a fantastic game. Yeah, and then just the every week domination from their defense. Yeah, and shout out Sam Laporta. Oh, my God. It's my guy, bro. He just keeps doing it, man. That, That was a beautiful little, like, flea flicker play type thing um it worked perfectly yeah it was phenomenal um i do want to talk this absolutely sucks in his first game back from the torn left acl that he suffered in week five last year uh emmanuel mosley tore his right acl um in this game it's just horrible man yeah that fucking sucks dude um Catch a break. Yeah, just absolutely sucks. But, yeah, this Lions defense just continues to do good stuff. Like, yeah, they only sacked Bryce one time in this game. Um, They hit him six times, which is great. But Cameron Sutton looks good. Alex Anzalone's been all over the field at all times. Aiden Hutchinson just continues to do something every week to amaze me. And... I just I love this Lions team right now. Yeah, they're hot. I think they they, they could literally beat anybody in the league right now. Yeah. I would I would love to see him go head to head week six against the Eagles. I would mm-hmm. love to see it. But no, yeah. So Lions are definitely contenders for Super Bowl this year. Got it. And um yeah, let's get into the next one. Colts twenty three, Titans sixteen. Just a death match. Yeah, 
And it's just, it sucks that Anthony Richardson had to leave this game. Yeah, it looks like it's a grade three AC joint sprain, which means he'll miss about a month or more. Oh, that's tough. Yeah, really tough. So we're going to see a lot of Gardner Minshew, which we did in this game. Um, but, like, nobody nobody showed out. Tannehill didn't have a good game at all. Like, no touchdowns, one pick, got sacked once. Derrick Henry is fucking useless. Like, Man, he needs crazy. to hang it up. He needs to hang it up. I don't know what they've done to him. De- DeAndre Hopkins, fantastic. I'll give him that. That man aged like fine wine. This is a, a vintage vintage game from him. Yeah. Derrick Henry, on the other hand, I don't know what the fuck is happening. Yeah, I just it looks like he's moving in slow motion. Yeah. Right there. And he gets the ball. I think it's just his size. Like I don't think we notice it when it's like a smaller running back that just still runs hard, but he's not as fast. When a guy is that big and he used to move that fast, you really see it when he's not moving that fast. Yeah, I mean, 6'3", 247 pounds. That's insane for a running back. Yeah, and speaking of insane for a running back, Zach Moss coming in and just telling Jonathan Taylor, I don't give a fuck that they just paid you. This is my team. 23 yeah, carries, 165 yards, and two touchdowns. Like, go back home, little guy. I yeah. got this. You need you need a couple more weeks? That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, yeah, just an absolute, like, masterpiece from Zach Moss. Yeah, fantastic. And Josh Downs had a great game in the receiving game. Six receptions, 97 yards. Michael Pittman Jr. just continues to be okay. Every week, yeah. he's just decent. Here's the thing, I th- I think fifty-two, all fifty-two of his receiving yards came from Richardson. I want to say Richardson's his guy. Yeah. So, but uh, no. Um, for all you people that started Jonathan Taylor this week, thinking he was going to come back and uh, you know drop a little forty-point fantasy game, you should go back and pick up Zach Moss off the waiver since you dropped him. Yeah. <coughs> Andrew, I uh, hope you uh, can get him. Yeah, no. If he's available in any league, you play with children. <laughs> all right. Um, all right, let's get into the next one then. Uh, Dolphins 31, Giants 16. Got a couple Beautiful. things to say about this one. So, first of all, the Dolphins are ridiculous, but the uh, the Giants fucking suck. They have been outscored by 91 points through five weeks. It's not only the worst point differential in the NFL, it's the second worst point differential for the franchise since 2000. Um, also, the Giants haven't scored an offensive touchdown in almost two and a half games. Um, their only touchdown in this game being, what, like a 103-yard pick six? Yeah, I think Jason uh, Pinnock. Yeah. But yeah, the fact that they have a win this year amazes me, it does. if I'm being honest. They've played one good half of football. And it got season. him a win. Yeah. But, dude, Daniel Jones is just horrible. Yeah. And next week, I've, I'm pretty sure we're going to see Tyrod Taylor start because Daniel Jones had to leave the game with an injury. Granted, I don't know if it's a real injury or not. If he just needs, you know, like when, when coaches take your guys off, say, yeah, he's hurt, even though he just plays like shit. Yeah. I will, I will say this for New York. Um, PFF grades for everybody that's played on their offensive line this season, 
Uh, none of them are outside of the bottom 10. Yeah, their O-line is absolutely horrible. <laughs> like, they have fucking... I, I'm sure you remember this name, Jalen Mayfield, um, oh, formerly yeah. of the Falcons, who was absolute dog shit and was just a fucking holding machine. Um, mm-hmm. Ranked 70th out of 70. Evan Neal, not doing much better. Which is insane because last year he looked yeah. really good. Yeah, he did. There's just but something this, off. This year he just forgot how to play football. Yeah, but... The Dolphins certainly didn't. Tua, 308, two touchdowns. Two interceptions, though. A little brutal. One of them obviously being that pick six. Uh, Only got sacked once. Makes sense. Devin A-Chain. Just still good. It's It's just not human, bro. He's a cheat code. Yeah, he only had 11 carries. 151 yards. I think he's averaging, for his career, over 10 yards per carry now. Did you see it was like one of Tyree Tyreek Hill's like long receptions? And A Chain was just jogging and keeping stride with Tyreek yeah. Hill. Yeah. Well like, in, in this game, in this game, A Chain had the fastest play recorded by like miles per hour, um, a ball carrier speed of the season. And then it got beat by Tyreek Hill later in the game. Like A Chain hit like twenty one point nine four. And then Tyreek hit like twenty two point oh one. Yeah, I mean when they have <laughs> four players who are like number one in their state yeah. for track, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and Tyreek Hill just a, a vintage showing. This is Tyreek yeah. Hill. This we, is an average game for Tyreek Hill. Yeah, eight receptions, one hundred and eighty one yards, and a touchdown. <laughs> and they're about to fucking put Chase Claypool into this team and probably play him at tight end. Yeah. That's, that's what I've heard, is it? he'll probably look more at tight end. Either tight end or he'll just swap spots with Braxton Berrios. And Berrios will just see mainly special teams. Yeah, which could make sense. Um, what does suck coming out of this game, though, is that A-Chain likely out for multiple weeks with a knee injury. So we're going to uh, – I believe Jeff Wilson Jr. is getting activated um, off the injured list after this week or like going into next week. So it'll probably be back to Mostert and Wilson for now. But don't think that A-Chain's not going to take that spot right back when he comes home. Oh, absolutely. Comes, home, comes back. <laughs> he comes Jesus. home. What, are you a Miami fan now? I What's up? Might be. Uh, <laughs> uh, I do want to talk about <laughs> Mike McDaniel is so funny. I yeah. His post-game interviews are great. And uh, a reporter asked him or just told him, like the Dolphins have more yards through five games than any team in NFL history. When you hear that, what is your reaction? And Mike McDaniel said, "Mission accomplished. That was our goal. Statistical output after five games. <laughs> Just that. I can see how he was a ball boy for the Denver Broncos. Yeah. It's just weird, Hilarious. but man, he is so funny. He is. Um." But nothing was funny about that ass whooping, and nothing is funny about this next one. <laughs> Saints yeah. 34, Patriots 0. This is Bill Belichick's 499th game he's coached in his career. And last week in his 498th, he had his worst loss ever by 35 points to Dallas. Now in his 499th, his second worst loss ever by 34 points to the New Orleans Saints, who just absolutely bitched the Patriots. 
And it's the Saints. It's not like they're anything special. No. The Patriots just got fucked. Yeah. Patriots are fucking uh, ass. Mac so, Jones so, is so bad. So who are the Patriots? Which quarterback are the Patriots drafting this year? Because Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi is just not it. Um, let's you see. Think who they go who for would more... be the wrong choice? Uh, uh, probably Bo Nix. Yeah, that would be a, a pretty solid bad choice. Do you think they try to go more of a mobile quarterback? Or do you well, think Bo they just Nicks stay? kind of is a mobile quarterback. Yeah, but I don't know. The way they're looking, they, they could get that first pick. Maybe. Like, they're going to have to pry it out of the Panthers. But the Panthers won't take a quarterback, so they might yeah. just sit up there and take whatever the best offensive lineman is. Yeah, it's it's weird. So weird. Yeah. It's kind of funny. The Panthers might find themselves in the Bears situation from last year. Yeah. Where they're just, they just the worst team, the... and then they trade away the first pick and pick an offensive lineman. Yeah. But speaking of horrible, Ramondre Stevenson this year. Oh, dude, he was a – this is a fraud. This is like, a bona fide fraud. He fooled us for a whole season. <laughs> then again, Zeke fooled us for a whole career. But, <laughs> yeah. like, Ramondre Stevenson came out of nowhere last year, was one of the best rush – like, just running backs in general. Perfect running back last year. And now just can't get yards at all. And one thing like that just made me confused is that how are you not going to get your biggest playmaker on offense the ball? Hunter Henry, zero yeah. receptions for and only two targets. Yeah, and he's been one of your best players all year. Well, the problem could yeah. be the quarterbacks. Yeah, Mac Jones, twelve for twenty-two, two interceptions, and Bailey Zappi was three for nine and did jack shit. Um, the Saints, like on offense, weren't. Like crazy, like they had under 200 yards, both rushing and receiving 136 rushing yards. Isn't bad. 80 yards from Kamara and a touchdown. Kendra Miller had a decent game. And then uh, Michael Thomas, Kendra Miller as well in the receiving game looked good. But nothing like no crazy performances. Shout out Foster Moreau, his first touchdown uh, of the season. And obviously since uh, his cancer uh, diagnosis, and then uh, Chris Olave getting a touchdown as well in one of his kind of down games. Yeah, but the Honey Badger getting that pick six. Yes, sir. Haven't heard much of him this year. Have not. Not really. Um, I totally forgot he was on the Saints. I thought he was still <laughs> with the Chiefs, if well, I'm being honest. It's weird to see Tyron Matthew have a game where he gets zero tackles. Yeah. Like, he's the kind of guy that just is all over the field at all times. Yeah, he likes to hawk. Yeah, which I guess got him the pick six, but that's about it. But, yeah, in general, like, this game just kind of sucks to watch. Like, the Patriots have uh, probably the NFL's worst quarterback, I'd say, right now. Mac yeah, Jones and that's saying, that's saying something because of how bad Daniel Jones has been this year. Yeah, Daniel Jones might be the the, the second worst. Yeah. Eh? I think Mac Jones is by far the worst. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. So they have that, and then they have a horrible wide receiver core. Yeah. Uh, they have the NFL's worst pass-protecting offensive line. They defensively are down their two best players, 
and <laughs> allowed New Orleans to score their first offensive touchdown in 20 drives. Um, and their special teams is ranked 32nd in uh, DVOA. Overall, this team just fucking sucks. Like, I think it's to the point where, like, Belichick should leave. Not retire. Go somewhere else. We'll, we'll take him over here in Atlanta. I'm chilling with what we've got going right now if we make a change of quarterback. Yeah. I don't. I don't want our team to play in the Belichick system. Yeah. Doesn't work I, with the guys we have. It. I got that. The guys on part of my take had a great idea, which was a coach swap. Uh, Mike Vrabel for Bill Belichick. Mm. Belichick has a house down there. Uh, his dad, I think, coached at Vanderbilt. Um, and then, obviously, Vrabel played for a long time for the Patriots. Yeah. Uh, that'd be pretty interesting to see. That would be cool. Uh, but let's move on to the next game. Steelers 17, Ravens 10. How do they keep doing it? How do they keep winning? It's just too, like, another ugly game, and somehow they win this game. Yeah, they should not be 3-2. and two. They should not beat the Ravens. Like, how? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to give this one to George Pickens. Yeah. That's it. Six receptions, 130 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, a clutch touchdown as well. Like, Kenny Pickett was very average. He was game. ass. Yes. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, claim it, that. It wasn't horrible. But it was bad. Like, better than Lamar. Kind of. You got you got more average, no picks, touchdown. Yeah, you didn't have as many completions. You didn't have any as many as attempts. But I don't know. It was just horrible ass game yeah. when you put it together. I mean, the biggest standout was probably TJ Watt on defense. He yeah. only had two total tackles and they were both sacks. Yeah. I think the biggest thing coming out of this game though is the Ravens drops. Mark Andrews dropped three passes. Zay Flowers dropped two. Rashad Bateman and Nelson Aguilar each had one. Like, that is fucking brutal. Yeah, and two of them were in the end zone, right? Uh, I believe so, yeah. I know the Mark Andrews ones was in the end zone. Yeah. And then, like, they keep... Lamar keeps throwing too high for Odell. Yeah. Like, the man is old. He can't jump like that anymore, especially coming off the ACL. Mm -hmm. Odell just cannot jump like that. Also, Zay Flowers, five receptions, but he got targeted 11 times. Yeah. Horrible. I wish he would have caught all 11, if I'm being honest. No shit. I think he does, too. And the Ravens probably do as well, because they probably would have won. Yeah. But I have a fun fact here. So the Steelers obviously scored 17 points. And in the, nine, in the sorry 1,929 games in the Super Bowl era that have ended with a team scoring 17 points, which is actually the most common score recorded in NFL games is 17 points. 
The Steelers are the only team to reach 17 points by kicking three field goals, scoring one touchdown, not making an extra point or two-point conversion, and getting a safety. (laughs) Yeah, I just, I don't get how they win football games. Like, they're the, they lead this division. How? I don't. That is. I they have don't a ne- know. they have a negative point differential. They're the only division leader with a negative point differential, and it's a negative thirty-one. But they're three and two. Jesus, how does that even happen? I don't know. They can't win another game, or else my yeah, my or predictions... you're just wrong. I'm just wrong. Yeah, the fact that they are leading this division, like you said, is horrible. This division is ass this year. Yeah. It is. It is bad. Like, who would have thought that since he was would be at the bottom going into this? Not me. I, if anything, I thought it was going to be Cincy, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cleveland. I thought it was going to be like I, I'm pretty sure my prediction was Cincy, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Baltimore. You had Baltimore at the bottom. Yeah. Overall, <laughs> we had Cincy at the top. Yeah. But All right, we'll, we'll get to that later. Yeah, let's talk about the next game. Eagles 23, Rams 14. Jalen Hurts back, looked great. Welcome back, Cooper Cup. Yeah. Man, Puka, that Puka still had a good game, though. That that L.A. offense is scary. That, it is, that, that, but they only that, put up 14 points. Yeah. I don't, they, they couldn't get the run game going against Philly. Yeah. Like, they did just fine in the passing game. But Philly just did it better. Yeah. Philly really just outplayed them in all aspects in this game. Yeah. Like, Dallas Goddard, A.J. Brown, DeAndre Swift, all being efficient in the receiving game. Yeah. But you had two different people rush for over 70 yards. Yeah. Hurts and Swift. Yeah. Like, that's what's going to happen. Yep. And then Jalen Carter. Continues to be amazing. Two sacks in this game. He's now pressured the quarterback 25 times, and he's the highest-graded defensive tackle in the NFL after five weeks. Beautiful stuff from the former Bulldog. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, and what about the absence of Devontae Smith? Yeah, they won, but one reception for six yards? Yeah. That is absolutely horrible. He, but he had five targets, but yep. they can only connect one. Just wild. Did that even happen? Yeah. Happy to see Cooper Cup back healthy on the field again. Yeah. And and I'm glad that they're still running this offense pretty well. Tutu Atwell had a bit of a rough game. Five targets, two receptions, nine yards. But he got the touchdown. And then Puka, yeah. like I said, got a touchdown and hit 71 yards for uh, or on seven receptions. So, overall, like, the offense isn't bad. It's just the Eagles are better than them at everything. Yeah, like those just they got outplayed. Yeah. Really and all you can say. Let's get into this next one. Bengals thirty four, Cardinals twenty. Jamar Chase, take a bow. Oh my god. Fifteen receptions, hundred and ninety two yards, and three touchdowns. I know you're happy. Oh yeah. <laughs> but honestly, Take a bow, Joe Burrow. Yeah. He had his first good game of the year. 
He still threw a pick. Yeah, but you can get away with that when you're yeah. 36 for 46, three touchdowns and 317 yards. Like, come on now. And, like, he spread the ball out pretty well. Tr- Trenton Irwin yeah. should never have eight receptions in a game. <laughs> if I'm being straight up. Joe Mixon had four receptions. Tyler Boyd, six receptions. Joe Mixon finally had, like, a pretty good game. 81 yards on the ground ain't bad. Yeah. No, not at all. But, you know, like you said, Jamar Chase just took this game over. Yeah. Joe Burrow listened to him. Listen to him, man. He's, he's always, always he's always fucking open, and he showed why. Oh yeah, uh, his fourteen catch or so fourteen of his fifteen catches were for either a first down or a touchdown. Jeez, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, insane. Uh, for Arizona, it was just they got outplayed. The Bengals finally played a good game all across the board, and. Arizona couldn't keep up. Josh Dobbs got pretty shut down. 15 for 32, 166, two touchdowns, two interceptions. And then a couple of guys run the ball pretty well, but nobody really breaks off for uh, too much. And then, you know, the passing game wasn't great, like we said. And Dobbs also lost a fumble. Yeah, I mean, James Conner's going to be out for a little bit too. Yeah. So look at Amari DiMercato to take over this running room. Yeah. You said yeah. the receiving game wasn't great, but I mean, Marquise Brown, four receptions for 61 yards and a touchdown is not horrible. I'll yeah, take that. I'm just saying any, that any like, given day. Because Josh Dobbs was so bad passing. Yeah, they couldn't get really anything. Marquise going. Brown had 10 targets in this game. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, I don't know. I do not know because the Cardinals, though, they, they can, they'll play good when they want to. Then they'll play like shit. Yeah, no, they they know what games to lose. Yeah. They know what they're doing. Really? Because I don't think they wanted to lose to the Giants. I don't know about that. I don't know. But they're they're a one in four team that I just I feel like shouldn't be one in four. I think they want to be though. Yeah. Trying to get that QB spot. Yeah. You gotta get Caleb Williams. I don't know. I think there's going to be some teams fighting them for it. We'll see. But let's talk the next place. Two places that, I don't know, two weeks ago I'd have told you they need quarterbacks. Um, They probably still need them now. But last week they didn't. The Jets, 31. Broncos, 21. Brees Hall, holy shit. 22 carries, 177 yards, and a touchdown. This is what we've been asking for. Since Rodgers went down. We said, run the damn ball. Take some pressure off of Zach Wilson. That's exactly what they did, and they come out with a victory. Yeah, I mean, I think his legs healed now. Because yeah. week one, he 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 had about this identical run where we saw when once he gets like the forty yard line, he just started breaking down. Yeah, he didn't break down on this one. He took this shit straight to the house. Yeah, but yeah, no. Um. Receiving game was all right. They didn't get the ball to Garrett Wilson as many times as you'd like to see. Yeah. He had seven targets. I feel like Garrett Wilson's a guy where every week he needs to have double-digit targets. For sure. In my opinion. But, but then uh, again, Zach's not throwing the ball that much. So yeah, that kind of throws that off. Because if he's getting double digits, then the rest of the team's getting nine. 
Yeah. I don't know. I think the reason we just didn't see a big Garrett Wilson game is just the domination of Brees Hall. The yeah. Broncos could the Broncos couldn't stop him, so why why stray away from it? Yeah. And for Denver, Russ didn't have a horrible game. Like he wasn't throwing picks or anything. He just was throwing for short yardage a lot. Um like they didn't have a, a passing play over 29 yards. And that, that was to Samaj P. Ryan, who led this team in receiving yards, which is already weird enough. Cortland Sutton didn't even get a target until the second half. Ended up with one reception. Like, just a, a weird game offensively for the Broncos. And then it kind of just, like, that second half was beyond bad. Yeah. This was their first five drives. Three plays, four yards, punt. Three plays, negative four yards, punt. Three plays, negative six yards, punt. Two plays, negative ten yards, fumble. Three plays, negative two yards, punt. Yeah, and they lost three total fo- uh, fumbles on in this game. Yeah. And, like, the scoop and score to end the game for the Jets totally cemented it, and that was just bad job by Russell Wilson. Yeah. Not a great job. And Sean Payton let him know. Oh yeah. Sean Sean Payton chewed his ass out. Yeah. Well this was a this was a big game for Sean Payton. Oh yeah. This was the Nathaniel Hackett revenge game. Yeah. And he got his fucking and revenge. I was about to say, so brings back to our question we've been asking all year. Was last year really because of Nathaniel Hackett? Partially. I, I'm still gonna sit in that gray area because I do think he's a bad head coach. Yeah. But he also didn't have the best team. Exactly. Like the Broncos got Sean Payton, Super Bowl coach. Yeah. And one and four. Yeah. Five weeks into this season now, Denver has lost to their former head coach Josh McDaniels, their former defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio, their former head coach Vic Fangio, their former ball boy Mike McDaniel, and their former head coach Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. Also, That's shout out Zach Wilson because in his first 24 career games, he only threw for 70% plus completion, uh, uh, ugh, a 70% plus completion uh, rate. Once, and now he's done it in back-to-back weeks. Beautiful. Or should I say beautiful? (laughs) I can't even hear anything right now in my right ear. It's just ringing. I don't know what just happened. You're good. You ready to get into the next game, though? Uh, First, I have to talk about the Jets' defense. They've only allowed a touchdown on 8 of 59 drives that they've faced this season. 13.6%. That's third best in the NFL. They look great. Yeah. I mean, they look... But yes, let's get into the next game. Chiefs 27, Vikings 20. I want to start with Legereus Sneed. That man had Jay Jettas on lock. Dude, he's had guys on lock every fucking week. Versus Calvin Ridley. Five targets, two receptions, 32 yards. Versus DJ Moore. Four targets, one reception, three yards. Versus Garrett Wilson. Six targets, three receptions, 24 yards. Versus Justin Jefferson, three targets, two receptions, 14 yards. Crazy. That's that's ridiculous, man. He has been insane. And then, of course, Patrick Mahomes had a great game. 
Yeah. This game sucked. And I kind of said that it would going into this. Like when we when me and Luke talked about it on Friday, it was like both these teams coming off of just gross victories. Like that shitty win over the Jets for the Chiefs and a brutal, very close victory over the Panthers for the Vikings. And the two teams, they didn't play bad, but this still wasn't a great game to watch. Yeah, it was, like, for the Vikings, they just, like, couldn't, like, get really anything. They couldn't get in a groove. Yeah, they couldn't, they couldn't run. Get, that was for yeah, sure. They, they couldn't run the ball. Jay Jetta's leaving really hurt them. So they had to rely more on that K.J. Osborne-Jordan Addison duo. Yeah. Which so, doesn't exist. No. <laughs> like, you even saw Johnny Munt get in the game. Yeah, who the fuck is that? That's one of their tight ends. That's, like, their third-string tight end, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I don't know, but uh, Kirk, man, he missed like four people in the end zone that game. Like, brutal. Yeah. Like, he's not throwing picks, which is nice. But But he's not hitting his guy. Yeah. Like, 29 for 47. Ain't the best. No. Travis Kelsey had a, a pretty decent game considering he went out with an injury and came back in. Um now the of, what I was just gonna say a lot of short catches yeah a lot of short catches for him um but like 11 targets 10 receptions can't really ask for more um the Swifties uh are they now hate turf which is cool <laughs> I like that um shout out but yeah look this was like a an average performance for the Chiefs and uh an okay to bad performance for the Vikings. Yeah. It's, like, this is kind it's, of on par with what I expect from both of these teams this season. The, I did not expect the Vikings to start out 1-4. One, one and four. No, but I, I think to where we're at right now in the season, I expect these two teams to perform the way they did in this game. Yeah, I don't know. I just, the Vi- it's got to get better for the Vikings, right? I don't think it has to. Like with Jefferson out now, like it definitely doesn't look good. We'll see how much they rely on their young buck, Jordan Addison. Yeah. Maybe he steps up and just puts Jay Jettas to shame. Maybe give Kirk a a week off. Just say he's injured. No, we're okay. You sure? No. You don't want to see Nick Mullins? I need Kirk to start on my fantasy team. Fair. Whatever. There you go. All right, Sunday night football. Let's just game of the week. Absolute fucking smackdown. Brock Purdy giving him the fucking people's elbow. Just <laughs> absolutely fucking ridiculous. Okay, versus the Cowboys, seventeen for twenty-four, two fifty-two. Four touchdowns, a 144.4 passer rating. I'm just going to stroke Brock Purdy for a couple minutes, if you don't mind. Um, (laughs) What's that face you're making, bro? Wow! All right. Uh, Purdy threw all four of his touchdown passes from outside the tackle box. That's the most in a game in the the next-gen stats era. Purdy completed seven of ten passes over ten air yards for 166 and three touchdowns. And he led the NFL in completion percentage on such passes so far this season. His passer rating of 121.1 for his career is the highest for a QB over his first 10 starts in NFL history. Colin, 
Should we be? Should we start taking Brock Purdy more serious? Yes. Is he absolutely? Is he an MVP candidate this year? Right now, like it's just it's so hard to say because of the weapons he has on his team that makes him look so good. He's using them right. Yeah, but no. I mean, if Brock Purdy plays like this, we could definitely talk about him potentially winning an MVP. But you also got McCaffrey, who I would put ahead of him right now. Yeah, I'd say efficiency-wise, McCaffrey had one of his worst games so far this season. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Cowboys had a plan. They didn't want to lose to McCaffrey. Yeah, and so instead they lost to to George Kittle, Kyle Juszczyk, Jordan Mason. Had a good game. Hold on, man. George Kittle, three receptions, three touchdowns. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, including the exact same play that we talked about where they did a little flea flicker that ended up back in Jared Goff's hands and went to Sam Laporta, their tight end. The mm-hmm. 49ers, probably Kyle Shanahan was probably just like on his phone watching that game earlier today and then was like, I kind of fucking I fuck with that and just yeah. ran it himself. Perfectly. Yeah. And like I mean- we had... Like, Micah Parsons got fucking shut down. Trent Williams, if he lined up with him, Trent Williams was not letting him go anywhere. And if he didn't line up with Trent, they just sent check and Kittle at him, and they just shut him down. It was yeah. absurd. Dominant game. I mean, 49ers are probably the best team in the NFL right now. Oh, I think they are it's, I miles think ahead of everybody, including yeah. the Eagles. Yeah, their offense just looks so dominant, and their defense looks unstoppable. Yeah, like I would have never, th- I, I would never would have guessed the 49ers come into this game and put 42 on the Cowboys. Even with Trayvon Diggs out, even with anything that happens, even with Van Der Esch going down late in this game, all of it, never would have imagined the 49ers put up 42 points on this team. Yeah, and I mean, Dak just looked like primetime Dak here. Yeah. You got that one touchdown, but the three picks are crucial. Yeah. And he got sacked uh, three times. Yeah. And I like, guess you have the the Tony Pollard fumble. It was just unfortunate. Ooh. Fred Warner, by the way. What the fuck was he on, dude? He Your had he had he starts off with that, that forced fumble. That's where it kind of gets popping. Okay. Dallas gets the ball back. Sack on Dak. Okay. Then he gets the pick late in the game. Like Oh my fucking god! He got the third interception off of Dak, and he just literally did a little bit of everything in this game. Just yeah, crazy. Yeah, and that that Cowboys O line was just struggling. Yeah, against San Fran, like Greenlaw, yeah. Warner, Bosa, Armstead, like everybody was having their shot. Oh yeah, crazy it's ridiculous. Shit right there. But yeah, Fred Warner looked insane. He literally was just like. Whatever category this is, give me some of those, those, the like he literally just got everything. He led the team in total tackles. He was tied for the most solos with his buddy at the inside linebacker position, Dre Greenlaw. He had a sack, a tackle for loss, which you know, same shit, same with the QB hit, but also the interception and the forced fumble, like just an absolute fucking clinic by Fred Warner, proving that he's still the best middle linebacker in the NFL. Yeah. Crazy. A- absolutely. Why'd you just do that? I don't know. Okay. 
I think that's a good time to move on then. But Brock Purdy's him. That's yes. all I'm going to say. Yeah, Brock. Oh, well, okay. I have a couple of fun facts. Uh, the right. two teams that have the highest fullback usage are also the two best offenses in the NFL. The Dolphins use a fullback 59% of the time. 49ers use a fullback 65% of the time. And they also are the top two in the league in expected points added per play and success rate. Who the fuck is the Dolphins fullback? Couldn't tell you, but they run one. I don't think he ever gets carries. I think he's just there. He just blocks. Mm-hmm. I got you. Hey, but let's talk about this stinker last night, Monday Night Football. Yeah, it fucking sucked. Raiders 17, Packers 13. Um, okay, let's start with Jair Alexander, what he had to say after the game. I think this is a great idea for the Packers going forward. Uh, the defense has to not give up any touchdowns. Pretty good idea. Yeah, a, sounds foolproof fan, to a, me. That's a fantastic idea. Well, I guess if they're not giving up touchdowns, they're probably giving up field goals, and then it only would have taken a couple of field goals to beat the Packers in this one because Jordan Love was fucking shit. Yeah, absolutely. Horrible. I'm starting to give up on him already. Is that bad? Yeah. <laughs> no. Like this was a I mean, he, bad performance. He's had his bright moments, and he's had his very dark in a room with no light moments. This was Zach Wilson-esque. This was worse than Zach Wilson. This was Zach Wilson last season-esque. Mm. Yeah, this is like primetime Desmond Ritter-like. Yeah. Bad. But no, but they finally started to run the ball. Yeah, that's good. Once, once Aaron Jones is back, I think that changes this team. With how bad Jordan Love's playing right now, they got to run the ball. They have to, especially when Jones is back. Yeah. Because Dylan ain't it. Yeah. Dylan ain't it. Also, that horse collar tackle on Christian Watson, new rule that I'm thinking of right now. If you're the last defender and you horse collar tackle a player, they should get a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, that stopped <laughs> a really big play right there. That was It was a touchdown. And then he fucking yeah. horse collar tackled him. I don't know. That was brutal. Yeah. I don't care it, if we still have the the tush push, whatever you want to call it. If you horse collar tackle the and you're the last defender, touchdown. Yeah, I like that because that, that was like an 83 <laughs> yard touchdown. <laughs> it was seven, yeah, it was 77 yard reception. Jesus, literally he got, the biggest he got horse collar like the what the twenty, like the five, because it put him like half the distance to the goal line. It was ridiculous. But, yeah, Christian Watson looked decent. No, he looked good. The problem was the four targets that didn't go to him, but I'm probably going to throw those to Jordan Love more than anything. Yeah, they were Um, all overthrown. Yeah. The Raiders' offense wasn't good either. Like, Jair Alexander says they can't give up touchdowns. They only gave up two. It's just the Packers' offense sucked. Yeah. Yeah, Josh Jacobs looked good. 20 carries, 69 yards, and a touchdown. Jacoby Myers had another great game, just kind of outplaying Devontae Adams, which is wild. Yeah, well, I think Jair was on him all night, right? Yeah, Jair held him to only four targets. We'll take that. Yeah, it, though he did get four receptions. Um, but then again, 
Jair. Two of them were baby yeah. two, one of them, he was getting guarded by Preston Smith. Yeah. It made no sense. But, yeah, like, it's not like Jimmy G had a great game either. It was a, a very Jimmy G performance. Um, yeah, the Packers just got to work on some things in this offense. I think the offensive line obviously sucks. And that's going to put Jordan Love into some bad situations. But I think there's some changes that need to be made. Yeah. I don't know, man. Some good games to watch, but just a lot of bad like blowouts and yeah. just not fun games to watch this week. Yeah, it was an interesting mix um, of like super competitive, crazy performances and then also just, like, games that were just genuinely hard to watch. Um, but I know something that is not hard to watch at all for me. That's playoff baseball. Yes, sir. So why don't we go ahead and fucking talk about it? We start Rangers-Orioles. We'll start with the game one and game two. Game threes tonight as we're recording. I think they start in a couple, like, 30 minutes. Um, yeah. But, yeah, let's start. With Texas 3, Baltimore 2. And before we get started, I listened to this game on the radio using ESPN Radio. And I, okay, Tim Kirchin, I already don't really like him. But that man has a, a face for radio that I was already aware of. But I never listened to him call a radio game. He's got a face mm-hmm. for radio and a voice for shutting the fuck up. I hate him. He's the worst. Like, he sucks at calling a baseball game. It just bothered me and ruined my experience for this game. Outside of Baltimore playing like shit, which also ruined my experience. Yeah. And I mean, Kyle Kyle Bradish started off phenomenal. Oh, my God. Yeah. I fucking sent you a text because I'm like, is this guy just going to stop? (laughs) Through two innings, he had five strikeouts. Yeah. Well, just in and his like, performance in general, he pitched 4.2 and had nine strikeouts. Yeah, he just couldn't get any help from his offense. Yeah, this Orioles offense just would not get it started early. Anthony Santander had a great game. Um, he was responsible with that uh, with that home run, got an RBI, and scored a run, or scored two runs in this game. And it just seemed like he was the only one doing anything. Yeah. I mean, Adley Rushman couldn't get anything going. I think Gunnar Henderson only had one hit. Austin Hayes, nothing. Yeah. Aaron Hicks, nothing. They started Westberg at second base, nothing. And they started Frazier. Actually, no, they started Westberg and then yeah. pinched hit after his first at bat. Yeah, that one was weird. I noticed yeah. that one early on. Um, how about that, th- that throw down by... Jonah Heim to get Gunnar oh. Henderson at second with no outs and one run lead in the bottom of the ninth. Just perfectly placed. Like the, Jonah, the throw like forced Gunnar to go wide so he had to stay off the base. Like it was actually perfect. So far in postseason play, Jonah Heim's looking like a vet. Yeah. Speaking of guys looking like vets, Evan fucking Carter. This guy just makes it on base every time. He's yeah. he has not gotten on okay. Uh, through game one of the uh, ALDS, Evan Carter has gone on base every time but two. I think I believe he's ten and twelve. 
on base wise. Yeah, an 833 on base percentage in the playoffs after this game. Batman is just he's he's getting that beginners beginners like boost. Yeah. You you get called up and you just start yeah. terrorizing. Kind of like Randy Rosarena. Like uh Ellie De La Cruz. Yeah. But like specifically for the playoffs, like Yeah. It's crazy when that happens. Yeah. Overall, I mean surprising you would think I so what do you feel about the like the break that the first team gets? Because there's a lot of controversy over it. I know. Um I think, like, it's a matter of does it help you or does it not? And at this point, you know, it's part of the CBA. They can't really change anything. So you gonna, what, it's you going to throw days? your division? Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to throw baseball games so that you don't win your division but you make the wild card? Or are you just going to win baseball games and try to get over it? You just got to win baseball games. If you yeah. prepare the right way. You'll be through, fine. Through your break, yeah, you'll be fine. But I don't know. The Orioles, they just the offense is just so cold. So a lot of people are like so pissed about it. Yeah. Um But so they came out wanna... good in game two. They just still didn't win because Texas is hot. But like it's not like Texas way outplayed them in game one of this series. They no. only won by one run, three two, and Texas bullpen was the worst part of it. They should be the guys that are hot from last week. Yeah. Like, that's that's where I don't see the argument being very valid, at least in this series, because the two teams come out in game two, and they pitch phenomenally. Like, yeah. that, that's the part that kind of mixes everything up for me, because you can complain about game one, but you can't complain about the whole te- damn series when Texas puts up 11 and Baltimore puts up 8. Like the the three run discrepancy is not because the Orioles had 5 days off, it's cuz the Rangers are hitting very well right now. Yeah, like some people will see like that wild card like the winners of the wild card having the advantage cuz they're they're coming off hot. But yeah, I I I, I, I think it's fine cuz I mean and if anything, it might be an advantage on like the number one seed for not having to worry about pitchers one and two. Yeah. Which like, that kind of just depends on timing. Yeah. Because yeah, like, like that. the Braves still end up facing one and two, but in game two and then three. Game three. So we'll talk about that later. But like, yeah, I, I don't see why Orioles fans can complain about that when game one. They just simply should have played better. The Rangers didn't play well. And in game two, you had more hits. You didn't have any errors, but you left plenty of runners on base. Yeah. Like, they left nine runners on base. And and Texas didn't do a great job of it either. They left ten on base. That's one thing you can't do in postseason baseball. you got to execute those moments. Yeah, and, and most of, like, half, Almost half of Baltimore's runs came in the bottom of the ninth when they were down 11 to, 11 to 5. So they weren't in this game. Like that's, that's my issue. You can't just let the Rangers bat around the lineup in the top of the second and then just be like, whoa, it's because they played two games last week. It's just ridiculous. 
The Rangers yeah. fucking outscored the Cowboys, though. <laughs> Jeez. But no, dude, Grayson Rodriguez got shelled. Yeah. I'm not surprised. That's what he did all of the beginning of the season. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's so crazy to be like how dominant these number one seeds have been all year yeah. and what we're seeing right now. Yeah. I, like, like we talked about how for me, like I've watched so much baseball and you do the same thing. It's hard to pick yeah. against the teams we saw win a shitload of games because that's all we got to see. We didn't see yeah. them. Like We haven't seen the Orioles get swept since Adley Rutschman came up. Like that's that makes you think. Well, there's no way. Like, oh, if they lose tonight, yeah, it's over if they lose tonight. Um, but let's talk about. Uh, oh, actually, every AL East team right now is on a playoff losing streak. <laughs> the Orioles are now on a seven-game playoff losing streak, as well as the Rays and Blue Jays. The Yankees on a four-game losing streak, and the Red Sox on a three. Yikes. Uh, but yeah, let's talk Twins Astros. So game one, Houston takes it in a close one, four or uh, six to four. They take it after, honestly, Minnesota just had one strong inning there in the seventh, but otherwise, Houston shut them down. Yeah, I mean, they just couldn't get anything going off Verlander. Yeah. Six beautiful innings minus the three walks. It's yeah. like Verlander just. Sells in the postseason. Yeah, he he is a. I'd say he's pretty good. Yeah, I mean he's probably <laughs> probably one of the best. Maybe can't say that about a different pitcher we're going to talk about later. Yeah, but uh, yeah. no, you, can, you uh, could also say it about Ryan Presley. He's now fifth all time in postseason saves. Yeah, but really a a great game one. Yes, a like competitive teams, one. Both teams, nine hits. It's just the Twins just took too long to get it going. Yeah. I think, like, what makes games exciting is, like, a close game, It like, at the seventh-inning stretch. If it's close yeah. after that, like, it's a good game. Yeah. Well, here here's the thing. Maybe that late game momentum took them into game two. Definitely. I do want to talk about one more thing in game one, though. All right. Uh, Jose Altuve hit a home run off of Bailey Ober. And this was the largest height differential ever for a playoff home run. Bailey Ober, standing at 6'9", is 15 inches taller than Jose Altuve. And the other two biggest differentials of all time in the playoffs uh, were also Jose Altuve hitting a home run. <laughs> so, I just Didn't he hit it off the first out. pitch? I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was literally the first pitch of the game. Yeah. Or like, like they were the home team, so like the first yeah pitch for them. Yeah, first pitch for them. But you know what I meant. But yeah, game two though. Game the Twins two though. Bounce back. They win it I'll six blow. two, and Carlos Correa is looking good. Three for I'll four blow. with three RBIs in this game. Pablo Lopez is looking good. Yeah, seven innings pitch, six hits, no runs. Seven Ks, one walk. ERA of point seven one. You. That's what you'd like to see in yeah. seven innings of work. Yeah, this Astros loss is their second ever loss in franchise history at Minute Maid Park during the ALDS. 
Yeah, because they usually just fucking sweep it. Yeah, well, they also used to play in the National League. Um, yeah. And they also used to play at the Astrodome. But still, it sounds good before I explain it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Framber Valdez, Mr. Stonehead, just got absolutely torched this game. Yeah, he, he definitely did. And that, that two-run single by Carlos Correa that just kind of cemented that lead, killed Framber, and also put Correa past Jeter and David Ortiz for third all-time postseason RBIs. Damn. Yeah. He's at 63 postseason RBIs in his career. Just thrives in the postseason. That's why the Twins got him. Yeah. They knew they could make a run in a weak division. It's a good thing the Giants didn't have him. Or the Mets. Be pretty useless. Yeah. But no, two. So, so far, I'm excited for today. Yeah. Because first two games from both ALDS games have been exciting. Definitely. And I'm, I'm excited to see this go back to Minnesota because Minnesota, that atmosphere for those wildcard games was fantastic. And I want to see the Astros have to play there. Yeah. What's the, uh, do you know the pitching matchups for tonight? Um, let's, if not, I can pull it up right now. Uh, yeah. We got Christian Javier versus Sonny Gray. And uh, mm. Dean Creamer versus John or Jonathan. Jesus Christ, I can't read. Nathan Eovaldi. Okay. Yeah. Uh, some good pitching matchups. It's not looking. I dude. How do you feel about Eovaldi on the mound for the Rangers? We'll see. This could be a three 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 game sweep. Hey, Dean Creamer though. Uh, it's been solid all year. He has dual citizenship, uh, U.S. and Israeli, and. Um, He's fighting for something here. Yeah. I respect that. Yeah. Can't 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 leave that detail out. He's doing this I'm, for Israel. I'm taking the twins over the Astros though. This game, game three. Uh yeah, fuck it. Yeah, at home. Yeah. All right. So it. we got twins over the Astros. Who you got between Orioles Rangers? You taking the Orioles? Yeah, just just Back home in I Texas. Them, I want them to hold on, man. Yeah, but I I picked them to go to the World Series, but I think they're going to get three and outed. Yeah. That's the sad part. It sucks. Texas's offense just looks unstoppable right now. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to see. But let's talk the National League Division Series, and we'll start with Phillies Braves. Strider, first of all, Strider has been fucking angry in this series. I don't know yes. if you've noticed this, but in game one, he pitched phenomenally. I'll give him this. He only gave up two runs to the Phillies. Totally fine when you pitch seven innings. And he goes into the dugout, and Rick Kranitz, the pitching coach, walks over to like tell him, like, hey, we're pulling you. And he lost his fucking shit on Rick Kranitz. Like, <laughs> just in his face, just fucking yelling at him. And yeah. it's just crazy. But also in game two, he's out here on the dugout, like, fence, just yelling at people at first base. Just like, fuck you, over and over again. The guy is pissed. just mad. He's he's pissed. He couldn't get any run support, man. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't want to repeat last year and lose to the Phillies. That's fair, man. I don't blame him because I don't want to either. 
No. But the offense no. just didn't help us out in game one. Yeah. And uh, hear me out. Do you think it's because Brian Snickers' last-minute change to the lineup? Uh, it. I don't think that that's can, the that, direct issue. That can mess up the flow. Definitely. The problem is, is like, Riley got a hit. Olsen got a hit. Albies got a hit in this game. Acuna did just about nothing. Like he got the walk, but still, um, Ozuna. It was a what? It was it was a walk with two outs. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and it's like Ozuna didn't do anything. Michael Harris had a shit game. Like that's what hurt us. Yeah, if you're really looking at it. But I I just I don't know where the run support was in this game. Um, the fans weren't helping. No, the catcher's interference though. I, I want to talk about this. It wasn't. It wasn't bullshit. Um. I so yeah. I was watching, and you can in that replay. It's very hard to see. You can see the lace. He hits the lace, yeah. and that's part of the glove. So it's catcher's interference. And people were trying to say that because, like, I don't even know what they were trying to say that it was. And then they were like, because they said the call stands rather than the call is confirmed that. It wasn't enough evidence to overturn, but they don't know if it was right. And it when it came down to it, Zach Klein from WSB TV, ABC Atlanta, um, he spoke to Sean Murphy after the game, and he said he didn't feel the bat hit his glove, but he heard it and said that the call was right. So why the fuck do we decide to make our city look like shit and throw trash on the field? I never... I we're, never. We're not that. Philly fans. We're not yeah. just absolute pieces of fucking human garbage, like Philly fans. We should not be throwing trash on the field. I get one guy is always gonna do it. Don't Does fucking it do it. Don't follow him. Yeah. If your friend Does, jumped off a bridge, would you? Like that's that's this situation. That just slows the game, and it like it. Yeah. Just kills all the energy that was there. It yeah. makes your like the Atlanta Braves are pissed off that you're throwing field on their trash or their their <laughs> trash on their field. Wow! Wow! Damn. That's tough. That's crazy. That is tough. But yeah, so I I appreciate Sean Murphy's honesty. Um, I don't appreciate Trey Turner's amazing diving grab and turning to with Bryson Stott. That was a great double play. Yeah, I'll give him that. But I'll take his game two efforts though. Yeah. But Two uh, first time in uh, game one, first time in 2023, the Braves have been shut out at home. That's ridiculous. And as of right now, the last time. Yeah. For now. Never again. <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, but then you get to game two on Monday. Zach Wheeler comes out looking like he's just going to throw a fucking no-hitter. Um, looked ins- absolutely insane. First yeah. pitcher in MLB history. To have six strikeouts, no hits through the first two innings of a postseason game. Took a no-hitter into what, the fifth? Uh, I think he took it to the sixth. He completed five, and he took it into the sixth. Got it. Just wild. Yeah. Dude, it was insane. Yeah. But, man, what about... That uh, heads-up play by Ronald Acuna on that ball thrown into the infield and scores. On a single, scores from first. Yeah. That really is what started. If we don't score a run that inning, we lose that game. 100%. Oh, yeah. I I definitely agree. 
Like, going into that inning right there, we had gone 14 innings without a run. That was our longest scoreless drought of the season. Yeah. Like, that's a game changer. Things like that, where you just bring that momentum back, that drives the force. And then you get Darno's homer, and then eventually you get Riley's homer that is just huge. One hand on the bat, essentially. Still put it 376 into the bullpen, or over the bullpen. Yeah. Dude. that was for you know you, you know what gets me excited about this team going to Philly because not we a lot can about do shit like that. No, is seeing two years worth of emotion built up into Matt Olson. Yeah, and he just lets that out. Yeah, he just hits you with the let's fucking go. Yeah, these but guys he, want when it, was man. When was the, when was the last time you saw Matt Olson express emotion? Not often. I think it was in Oakland when he wanted to leave. Probably. Uh, yeah, uh, I I love what we have to offer in this game. And, like, I'm going to shout out Ronald Acuna. Though he has a zero batting average so far in these two games, scoring two runs in this game was absolutely fucking huge. So yeah. that was just the kindest of things we needed at this time. And the Darno homer, the Riley homer was crazy. But then Michael Harris and Austin Riley. I think people are, are forgetting about Austin Riley's involvement and how clutch yeah. he was on this play. But Michael Harris, so you got Bryce Harper on first, Nick Cassianos up to bat. You're down by one. A home run wins it. And, well, a home run takes the lead. They have to go to the bottom of the ninth. Cassianos hits one super fucking deep, like super deep to Michael Harris. Jumps, leaps just in front of the wall, catches it, brings it down, rocket, rocket back to second base because Harper had rounded second and turned back around to try and get to first. And the ball bounces right past Arcia's glove. And Austin Riley, just as that throw was starting to come in, starts fading towards starts fading towards first base because he saw that Harper was leaking. and he, So he knew that Harper wasn't coming to third, so he knew he could walk off to back up. Backs it up, barehands it off the ground, tosses it to first. They get out Harper. The Braves win the baseball game, and it was just madness in true spark. Dude, I kid you not. I was, I was on the phone with your brother, and I almost lost my voice. Yeah. I'm just yelling the whole time. But what about what Orlando Arcia said about Bryce Harper? You see that? It's like, attaboy, Harper. Yeah. Like, I don't think he knows what he has done. Because Bryce Harper in Philly in the postseason is a scary thing. Yeah. I don't like that. I'm terrified because that might be the hardest ballpark to play in the postseason. Oh, yeah. Yeah, look, the the red October is is real. That is like uh, that is a real thing. Their fans are standing up the whole game. They're yeah. singing every single walk up song with you. Yeah, they're just they're heckling outfielders, and like the people that work at the stadium don't care. They can heckle all they want. Yeah, granted, you go to Truist Park, you start heckling, they're gonna be like, "Hey, you gotta leave." Yeah, but. It's, it's going to be an interesting, interesting game threes and four. Yeah, and um, shout out to Michael Harris for that. Um, first ever 8-5-3 double play in postseason history and the first outfielder to begin um, 
a game-ending double play in the postseason in MLB history. Uh, AJ Minter after gonna... the game, nothing but heart and nuts. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Hey, it takes it takes nuts to win a playoff game. Hey, bringing it back. Yeah, man. We didn't bringing talk about it last year. Tyler Nutsack. Should have picked him up before. Or he's still hurt, right? Yeah, he's still hurt. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. For some reason, I was I got him and Will Smith confused right there. Now, fuck Will Smith, because if he wins a World Series this year with the Rangers, I'm going to be so mad. Three years, three consecutive, or three different teams. Hey, what about what about we get us a little uh, Rangers-Braves World Series and then, you know, a little walk-off against Will Smith? Fine by me. That bullpen is <laughs> ass. Yeah. We got Jose Leclerc. And uh, who else? Roldis. Roldis, Will Smith. Bunch of walks and home runs right there. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's do it. Let's 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 move to the West. Yeah, let's talk about a couple of young guys jumping an old man in Los Angeles. The Diamondbacks, 11. The Los Angeles Dodgers, a measly two runs. Uh, All right, let's, yeah, Clayton Kershaw. What the fuck? So the Diamondbacks (laughs) batted around the... uh, Better around the order in the top of the first. Clayton Kershaw gave up five runs before recording an out. Five runs, five hits. Ended his night. 0.1 innings pitched. Six hits, six earned runs, and one walk, making his already bad postseason ERA at a 4.22 into a very bad 4.5. Yeah. Did you see what his ERA this game was? I believe it was like 162. Yes, sir. Which is actually also his batting average for his career, 162. Um, After the game, Kershaw told reporters that um, he said, uh, disappointing, embarrassing, no excuses. Fair enough. Owned up to it. And Dave Roberts said that nothing was physically wrong with Kershaw and that they still plan to start him for game four. I think that's a bad idea. In Arizona? Nah. I'm not doing that. I don't I don't know. Sometimes when you get rocked your first your first start in a series and you come back and you start again, it's ten times better. Just look at Max Freed. Yeah, that's true. Hey, Merrill Kelly looked great in this game though, for good pitching. Six point one, no runs, three hits, two walks, five Ks, and he gets the win. And before that, he's been 0 and eleven against the Dodgers. What a game to get your first win, huh? Yeah, the NLDS opener, getting some fucking payback on him. In L.A. Yeah, and look, he shut down this offense, only giving up four hits to the Dodgers, while your team had four hits in the first four batters of the game. Uh, Crazy. And Corbin Carroll looks fucking fantastic in this postseason so far. Like for real, the Diamondbacks are just in domination mode. Gabriel Moreno as well looks great. He, he got a home run. Tommy Pham hit a home run, dude. Crazy. Hey, what's ha- what's happening to the uh, top three MVP? Like for the NL, we, like you got Acuna, you got Mookie, and you got Freddie. Yeah, just they, doing absolutely nothing. Yeah, they just refuse to hit series. the ball. Like Freddie Freeman's got the highest batting average out of three, and it's uh, a 167. Yeah, because he got what one hit? One hit in game two. Yeah, 
Crazy. Like, absolutely horrible. Yeah. The best the best person on the Dodgers has been J.D. Martinez. Yeah, because he got that home run. Yeah, but, dude, I don't know. Last night, Nick Cassianos had me scared because he's just he was hot all game. Why are you talking about Castellanos now, bro? We're talking about the Dodgers. No, I know, but I like when I think of JD Martinez, he's very similar to Nick Castellanos. Uh, kind of. I think Castellanos has a significantly better glove. No, uh, like when I, I just think of like swing and offensive and like their type. Yeah, that's what I think about. Fair enough. Um, nonetheless, and it just popped. It popped in my head, so I was like, I just... yeah. Nonetheless, game two, Bobby Miller. Way outpitched Clayton Kershaw. Uh, Bob Miller's final line against Arizona: one point two innings, four hits, three runs, two walks, and a strikeout. Better, uh, better than Clayton Kershaw. Better. Yeah, not great. Uh, but much worse than Zach Gallen on the other side. Uh, Gallen, who really didn't have like his best performance: five point one, five hits, two runs, two walks, four strikeouts. He gave up that home run to JD. But the Diamondbacks still pull it off. They didn't have quite as good of an offensive game. But Corbin Carroll keeps it going. Cattell Marte gets it started. Tommy Pham keeps his momentum going. And they get the win. Yeah. I mean, you'll take in the postseason, you'll take whatever you can get to get a W. Oh, yeah. And, you know, right I, now, Arizona's one win away, back going back home. Yeah. I got to shout out Corbin Carroll for just getting on base. Like he's batting five hundred, yes, but the on base percentage is six thirty two, and the fact that he walked three times in game two is huge. Ooh, yeah, he's been fantastic. That's crazy. And this Diamondbacks bullpen continues to be great. They were fantastic against the Brewers, and now just turning around and doing just as well. Like most pitches in an appearance for any of these guys, fifteen. Out of the bullpen in game two. I don't know. I'm 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 excited. I'm excited for the rest of the series. Granted, yeah. it's gonna be one game. I'm excited for the rest of that series. Yeah. I, I think I think if there was any team like out of all four of these that I didn't think would go down 2-0, I think I probably would have said the Dodgers. Yeah. Just because Actually, of the matchup. Yeah. Yeah, when I look at it right now, so game three is going to be fat. Brandon Fat for the Arizona Diamondbacks, who did not have a great outing outing against Milwaukee. But they still got got the win. And the Dodgers got Lance Lynn. But Lance Lynn hasn't been great. No, but he's better than Brandon Fat. Sometimes it's not what matters. Listen, the Dodgers... Just got to get something early with their offense. Yeah. Like, they got to find a way to push one or two runs in the first three innings. Yep. Because the Diamondbacks might put up eight or ten through five. Yeah. As long as Lance Lynn outpitches Bobby Miller, maybe they'll be in a better better spot. Yeah. Who do you, who do you think the Braves are going to start game three? Mm-hmm. Because it's been it's it's been confirmed we're facing Nola. Yeah, well, I think we all knew that. Yeah. I, I guess Elder. It's got to be Elder. Unless you go for 
Yeah, you can't go for a bullpen game right uh, now. Not not when the series is tied. Here, like, because Charlie Morton's not like he's hurt. Yeah. Kyle Wright's hurt. It's our pitching is so fucked right now. Yeah. But I don't know, we'll yeah. see. Bryce Elder, if we win, dude, if we win, do we try to Strider. Is that enough time? Strider come back for game yeah, four? I think so. I think that's part of the reason they pulled him. Yeah. Just to make sure that he didn't go too far in. Yeah. I don't know, man. We'll see. We'll see what we can do. But that's about it for the MLB, NLDS, ALDS, everything like that. Um, the next time you hear us, there might be some eliminations. There might be some. some oh, there's definitely series over. Because um, what? This thing, I think it all has to be done by Friday. Friday. No, Saturday. Yeah. The NL could end on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. So. Maybe it'll be decided. Maybe it won't be. But nonetheless, let's talk about college football because that has been decided. Uh, Handedly, <laughs> a lot of these games were decided. Uh, but let's start with probably the biggest matchup going into this week. Number 12, Oklahoma goes to Texas. Or no. No, Texas comes to them. And they whoop them. Well, not really. It was a, It was a close win. Oklahoma upsets Texas 34-30. What do you think? Well, good old Red River rivalry. Yes. Not a shootout. <laughs> not a shootout anymore. No, but like it the the Longhorns just couldn't get anything going early. Nope. And th- that early defensive touchdown for the Sooners was just crucial. Yeah, it was big. And like Texas kind of Played better when, like, you look at numbers. Like, Ewers had a pretty good game outside of him throwing those two picks, but like Jonathan Brooks, amazing day on the ground. Jordan Whittington and Xavier Worthy, both over 100 yards. Like, you look at this box score and you'd think they'd probably win, but Oklahoma was just efficient. Yeah, those two early picks from Quinn Ewers, like, the second one's just unfortunate. Yeah. It just bounced in the air and bounced off another guy. The first one was just bad. Like he threw it right to the guy. Yeah. But I really Dylan Gabriel, 113 yards on the ground. Yeah. Like that's the game changer right there. Yeah, he was 100 percent dual threat in this game. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean another big thing, uh Oklahoma held one of their biggest playmakers, Jatavian Sanders, to one catch for 13 yards. Yeah, that was big. That's their that's their tight end that they like to use a lot. Um, and so granted their other big playmaker, Xavier Worthy, eight yeah. receptions, 108 yards. Yeah. And it, Gunner, it like- Gunner Helm is, I think their other tight end. Um, yeah. he had a great game. Yeah. I think they ran a lot of double tight end, yeah. uh, formations this game, but I don't know. It just seems like they just tried to force the ball to Xavier Worthy and Jordan Whittington a lot. Yeah. Or just hand the ball off to Jonathan Brooks. Like, you got A.D. Mitchell, who's been hot all year. You put the ball in his hands, things happen. And when he only catches three receptions, you're not you're doing something wrong. Yeah, I, I think for me, like, Oklahoma just kind of worked a little bit better, worked a little bit faster, and 
it yeah. ended up getting them the win. I think the turnovers is really just what cost it for Texas. Yeah, for sure. Because you gave you you put Oklahoma in easy field position. Like I know earlier I said Oklahoma's first defensive touchdown, but I meant when they got the pick and then just ran it in for nine yards. Yeah. That's um, that, that's mainly what I was talking about. All right. Well, let's move on to the next one. Upset again. Number twenty five, Louisville wins thirty three to twenty over number ten, Notre Dame. And this is just another game in the history of Sam Hartman where he sucks at Louisville. His last two games now at Louisville, um, he has thrown three touchdowns, six interceptions, and lost five fumbles. Jeez. Yeah. So he lost, he lost three the first game and two this game? Yeah. Yikes. He threw three interceptions in both. Um, yeah, it looked like Notre Dame's offense – Outside of the picks and fumbles is fine. But the turnovers just absolutely killed them. And they couldn't run the ball. They kept trying to pass the ball so much. Like, Hartman has not attempted that many passes in a game so far this year. Estime only getting 10 carries. Jeremiah Love with five. That's absurd. And Louisville doesn't have, like, a great offense. They have a good running back in Jahar Jordan and a okay quarterback in Jack Plummer, but that's it. Yeah, again, same thing as last game. It's just the turnovers that are just putting Louisville in easy field position to score. Like we saw, like, the third and fourth quarters really where Sam Hartman started to fall apart and was just giving points to Louisville. Yeah, like Louisville's offense in that second half was great. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was fantastic. So, a big upset win for Louisville. They stay undefeated, six and zero. Does Florida State play Louisville this year? No. There's actually a very interesting wrinkle here, where the top three teams right now in the ACC are Florida State, Louisville, and North Carolina, and none of them play each other. Really? Yeah. So that's going to be interesting if they yeah. all go undefeated. What's weird is that nobody, uh, so I was looking at it on Reddit, nobody knows what the tiebreaker would be. Yeah, would it be points allowed? I have no idea. It's got to be that. Like the, well, like, I, I think for, so like if they're, the thing is there there's precedent for a team already being in and then a, a tie for second place. There's not precedent for a tie for thir- first place by three teams. So if they use the same thing, then it's head-to-head, which obviously doesn't apply because they all didn't play each other. Um, out of conference or conference wins, they're all undefeated. Um, and then I think it's strength of schedule um, and something else, and then a coin toss. Straight up coin flip. If this was to go down to a coin toss and – FSU doesn't play in the ACC championship. That's fine. Undefeated? Yeah, but that, not playing in the ACC championship could cost them a Maybe. playoff spot. Or somebody would lose their playoff spot by losing their championship, and we wouldn't. Yeah, I don't know. I think FSU's best-case scenario, go undefeated, win the ACC championship. Well, yeah. I think that's everybody's best-case scenario is go undefeated and win your championship. I mean, like, best-case scenario, if there's a three-way tie to claim yeah, your spot of course. In, the, in the playoffs. Of course. Um, 
Next game, though, LSU 49, number 23 LSU 49, Dude, Missouri so 39, number 21 Missouri, who was undefeated coming into this one. Just tough, man. LSU's I, offense just puts up so many fucking yards. Like, Jaden Daniels does everything. Mm-hmm. And then Logan Diggs had a great game on the ground as well. Yeah, that's why uh, Heisman rankings right now, Jaden Daniels sitting number two. That's crazy. It's Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, and Michael Penix. See, that's the thing. I was looking at odds for Heisman, like the betting odds. FanDuel yeah. has Penix, Williams, Daniels, and then Travis. Mm. Or no, Knicks. Yeah, Bo Knicks fourth, and then I think Jordan Travis. And they got Jordan Travis that high? Yep. Yeah, I don't, dude, Jaden Daniels is just ridiculous, man. Yeah. Two, 259 passing yards, 130 rushing yards. Yeah, it's crazy. Combines for four touchdowns. But Brady Cook had a good game as well for uh, Mizzou. The two picks are tough, but he had a great game. Cody Schrader had a great game on the ground. Three touchdowns there. mm -hmm. Missouri played a fantastic game. Just LSU's offense is too much. Yeah. I mean, that pick six was just, like, brutal. Yeah. For Mizzou there at the end. Yeah. Their offense just put Mizzou in a position of, like, you're not allowed to make mistakes. Yeah. Like, you genuinely can't because LSU punted on their first and third possession and didn't punt again until their second to last and scored on all of them except a missed field goal in those couple of punts. Yeah, well, I mean, the first half for Mizzou was touchdown, 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 interception, end of half. And that interception leads you into the half for them, and then you get the missed field goal coming out, and then LSU kicks a field goal, and then they have to punt, and then LSU is already back in it with a touchdown, and then it's just back and forth there. LSU misses a field goal, gives you an opportunity, and then you make another mistake. You end up punting on a three and out. Then, same thing, LSU touchdown, Mizzou touchdown, LSU touchdown, and then a turnover on downs just kind of trying to make something happen, and it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, Mizzou missed two field goals this game. Yeah. And then that pick. So you take that pick away, that pick six away. Yeah. You just manage, even just punt it. You win that game if you connect on those two field goals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, the one thing I like is just how competitive Missouri is right now. Like, they look like a good competitive team. They are good. I'll give them that. Their offense is great. Just, like, the thing is, in this matchup, neither of the defenses were really a factor. Yeah. It was just just whose offense is going to make less mistakes, and it was just LSU this week. It was a score-at-will game. Yeah. But I'm not – I learned my lesson. I'm not going to say that they have a chance to upset Georgia – because, you know, we saw how that went with Kentucky. Yeah, we'll, 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 that, we'll talk about it. But let's talk about Georgia Tech-Miami. What the fuck happened? Georgia Tech 23, <laughs> number 17, Miami 20. And um, well, what it should have been, 20 to 17, Miami. Should have been there. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't. Um, and would it's like, Mario like Cristobal's to, fault. I was about to say, would you like to tell everyone what happened? Yeah, so I'm going to give you the, the breakdown here. So... Um, 
Miami has the ball up what twenty or yeah, twenty seventeen. Yeah, twenty seventeen. All right. Cool. And third and ten with thirty three seconds on the clock. You're gonna kneel it, right? Yeah. All right, cool. And and I'm pretty sure Georgia Tech just used their last timeout at at one minute and eighteen seconds. Correct. So, so logically, you knee the ball and you win the football game. Mario Cristobal decides, why knee the ball when I can run it, and then my running back can get stripped, and Georgia Tech can march down, score a touchdown, and win the ball game. Yeah. I think that's a fantastic idea as somebody that absolutely hates Miami. Um, and then Mario Cristobal comes out after the game goes and admits that they should have taken a knee. No shit, man. The problem is, is that Mario Cristobal just doesn't take a knee. He never does. They've had the ball when the clock expires in all four of their wins this season, and they haven't taken a knee, and they've all been blowouts. And now Miami, with Mario Cristobal as their head coach, are yet to win an ACC game at home. And you, just, you lose to the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Yeah, who they have historically struggled with in a head coach's first year. Since joining the ACC, Miami's now 0-3 against a first-year Georgia Tech head coach. Miami was also favored by at least 19 points in each of those three games. Paul yeah. Johnson in 08, Jeff Collins in 2019, and now Brent Key in 2023 they've lost to in those guys' first seasons. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, also Miami turned the ball over five times. Yeah. Well, they ended up fumbling on the final possession as well, yeah. and then the clock ran out. But Van Dyke also threw three picks. Yeah. Yeah, Tyler Van Dyke was bad in this game. Yeah, like – Look, compare some of their team stats. So total yards, Georgia Tech, 250 total yards. Yeah. Not great. Miami, 453 total yards. Better. Turnovers, Georgia Tech, 2. Miami, 5. First downs, Georgia Tech had 13. Miami had 23. So you have 10 more first downs. Miami have- 100% should have won this game. Georgia, yes. Tech's, Georgia Tech probably shouldn't have even been close enough to win after that fumble. I'm pretty sure they were on their own 26. Yeah. And they just drove down the field in 30 seconds. It's crazy. Um, I'll give it to them. I'll give it to them. Miami, you suck. Yeah, Miami fucking sucks. Um, All right, next game, though. UCLA 25, number 13, Washington State 17. Upset. Upset alert. Just a tough showing for uh, for Washington State. Cam Ward just finally looked kind of uh, beatable, and they could not run the ball at all. Um, yeah, Cam Ward, 19 for 39, 197, one touchdown, two picks. And Dante Moore for UCLA had a little bit of a better game. Not that much better. Really just more big plays. Um, but UCLA ran the ball really well. Carson Steele, 30 carries, 140 yards. And then Keegan Jones had three carries, 45 yards, and two touchdowns. 
Yeah, I mean, listen. I mean, when the run's working, you got to stick with it, and that's exactly what happened. Washington State couldn't stop it. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, Wazoo is, has always has struggled with the run this whole season. Yep. They've been more of a pass coverage team. So when we have a have a team, I mean, what, Steele ran the ball 30 times? Yeah. Oof. They had 53 carries as a team. Just absolutely insane. And then, like, to me, like, Washington State is just crazy how well they played in these early games. And now Cam Ward um, just totally falls flat in this one. But, yeah, UCLA, a big upset win over Washington State. Um, Colin, just to let you know, your mic was just frozen, so I was just talking. Um, no, you're good because okay. you just froze on me, and I was just like sitting here silently. I like, cool. didn't know what well, to do. Well, I kept do. talking for the recording, so nobody really missed right, anything. Cool. Um, but I kind of I kind of just wrapped up that game. Uh, let's talk about your Crimson Tide, man. Number 11, Alabama, right. 26, Texas A&M, 20. Man, it was a slow-ass start, if I got to say it. First quarter yeah, was definitely. just brutal. But at the end of the day, Jalen Milrow did not look horrible. No, he didn't. I... He looked like uh, the QB we all thought we were getting this year. Yes. 21 for 33, 321 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. I'm okay with that interception if he's doing everything else. Yeah. You know, he didn't rely on his legs as much this game. He got sacked a good bit of times and ended up eight carries for negative 31 yards, which, I, you know, I'm okay with. But he was hitting our playmakers, Isaiah Bond from Buford, Georgia. Hell yeah. And then J- Jermaine Burton, nine receptions, 197 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. What? Jermaine Burton's perform. What makes his performance crazier is that he didn't even have the longest reception of the day. No. Like he, it was it, a forty-six Bunt. yard long when you have a hundred and ninety-seven yards in a game is crazy. Yeah, what sucks is that he lost a fum- lost a fumble. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like this game was a lot closer than it should really should have been. Texas A and M played well, especially yeah, in the first half. Max Johnson commanded that offense really well, yeah. and their defense looked really good in that first half. Definitely. Yeah, like going into halftime, it was what seventeen to ten A and M. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that that safety was fucking brutal for them. Yeah, that was <laughs> tough. But no, I uh, I think this is a good win for Alabama. Yeah. Um, I th- I think there's a lot of positives you can take. Yeah, we're back to the games. If Jalen Milrow thrives in the passing game, there's going to be no rushing. No, like McClendon, McClendon's going to be awful. 12 yeah. carries, 45 yards, not great. But I don't know. That's my take on it. Defense looked good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm kind of impartial on this one. Like Alabama looked great coming out in the second half, which is just kind of what they needed. But A&M played a good game kind of overall. Yeah, which I mean, A&M's had good games all year. But I, yeah. before I talk about more about that, I will shout out Nick Saban. He has won 290 games as a college head coach. He's the what a guy. What a guy. But yeah, I mean, when you look at A&M's, so they beat Auburn 27 to 10. 
Yeah. Giving up 10, Auburn, pretty normal. Pretty dominant victory over Arkansas, 34-22. They, the only bad game is their loss to Miami. Yeah. Which Where they gave up 48. But other than that, they've played some pretty solid games. Definitely. Um, you know, Jimbo's, like, the team and Jimbo are finally starting to click a little bit. Yeah, I think they're they're finding uh, – the offense still isn't good, so you can't really, you know, give Jimbo and uh, Petrina yeah. that much credit. But I think I think they've done there, – there's been improvements. And also they're missing the quarterback that started the season for them, Connor Weigman. So, yeah, I, I, I think – there's some still some things to be desired there, but still a good performance considering Alabama. Um, all right, next game, though. Number 9, USC, 43, Arizona, 41 in triple overtime. And what the hell happened? Yeah. In this game? Caleb Williams, one of the worst games of his career. Yeah. That one I can great. confidently say. Yeah. It was not great. Yeah, 14 for 25, 219 yards, one touchdown. And he had 41 rushing yards on the ground, three rushing touchdowns, which is crazy. Yeah, so uh, he still combined for four total touchdowns. Yeah, he did, and it's still one of the worst of his career. Yeah. But my biggest thing is USC was just all over the place with this one. Like, you start off by giving up 10, 10 points in the first quarter, and then you come back out in the second quarter, you look pretty good, you go into the half down three, then you take the four point lead going into the fourth, and you or not four point lead, but you take the lead, and then you fuck it up. You go to overtime. You go to fucking triple overtime, to the point where they're doing two point conversions, and you finally win. USC should have won this game in the second half. Yeah, but they played like shit. Yeah, they're they're. Same thing, just defenses were just nowhere Yeah, to be found. I mean, I guess the passing, like, the cornerbacks for Arizona were doing a great job. Caleb Williams wasn't throwing the fucking ball. A game where Caleb Williams only has 25 passing attempts is absurd. Yeah. But, no, I mean, still, like you said, for this to be one of Caleb Williams' worst games and still combined for four total touchdowns, yeah. Horrible. Shout out Arizona's quarterback though, Noah Fafita. Oh yeah. Three of five three, studies. Five tuds. Only one pick. Like, like they're running they're running back too. Jonah Coleman. The last two weeks, really this whole season, but mainly the last two weeks, have really proved how bad the defense is for USC. Yeah. And it's Which reflecting gonna... in how they're dropping in the AP poll while still being six and oh. Yeah. It's gonna be tough when they got to play Oregon and Washington, Washington. Even UCLA UCLA's got a good defense yeah and it seems like USC just can't stop the run yeah so we'll see man yeah we'll see what happens with them um all right let's do it number one Georgia 51 the uh, formerly undefeated number 20 Kentucky Wildcats 13 Georgia uh-huh. Now the longest regular winning or regular season winning streak in SEC history, thirty three games, and will most likely break the record next week if Andy. Listen, Kirby, I'm sorry for ever doubting yep. you. Uh, I apologize. I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry, but this is the Carson Beck we've been waiting yep. to see. Like, yep. this man had, like, I'm pretty sure he had 300 passing yards before halftime. Yeah. Which something, is wild. close to that. And, of course, it is Brocktober, so Brock Bowers went <laughs> fucking crazy. Yeah, what do you have, like, seven receptions, 132 yards? Yep, and oh. a toad. And Marcus Roseme Jackson had a great game. Ra-Ra Thomas had a fucking amazing catch. Yeah. They initially called out of bounds and then uh, reviewed it, and he got the touchdown. But, god damn, did they look fucking good in the passing game this week. Yeah, and Brock Bowers passed A.J. Green with his 24th career receiving touchdown at Georgia. Yeah, that's crazy. I think he's second all time. Yeah, yes. In in just touchdowns, I think like ru- or like all purpose touchdowns, like rushing and receiving. Yeah, I believe. I'm trying to think, who's one? Is it Chubb? I think it's Herschel. Uh, her, that yeah, that's for some reason I I was thinking my head was going to either Chubb or No Sean. Oh, I don't think I don't think they played all four years, so I don't think so. Nah, and Chubb got hurt while he was there. Yeah. Um. Nonetheless, they made Kentucky look like shit. Yeah, like the hype around Kentucky clearly just went down the drain. Yeah, like when you look at Ray Davis, last week Ray Davis had 200-something rushing yards. 280. Yeah, 280. He had 59. Just crazy. Yeah, and listen, when, when you look at it this way, Kentucky's receiving only five total people caught a pass. Yeah. I, then, I think the, the and then for, oh go ahead for Georgia you had eight nine ten eleven eleven total people yeah. catch pass. Well, here's another big number here. Um, Kentucky ran fifty plays on offense. <laughs> and That's so bad. Georgia threw the ball forty two times. <laughs> Yeah, let's see. Kentucky, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight punts that game. That is absurd. Yeah, it ain't good. Georgia punted the ball one time. Yeah, just this was that wire-to-wire domination we were looking for from Georgia all season. Yeah, that was Georgia's, did. hey, we're still here. Y'all can shut the fuck up now. Yeah, and they, they certainly made everybody shut the fuck up. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what. Um, all right, last big game, and then we'll talk about two of the other ones from the top five. Uh, Maryland, 17, number four, Ohio State, 37. They knock off the previously undefeated Terrapins, and Talia just didn't have it this week. No, he didn't. And and really, Maryland looks so good that first half. Yeah, and I'm also I'm also starting to feel bad for just shit talking Kyle McCord every week because he is becoming better. I think he just needed time. Yeah, I mean he had a great game this week. Yeah, yeah, three twenty two touchdowns, no picks, and um, they didn't run the ball much. But Marvin Harrison Jr. finally had his just like crazy like big performance of the year. Um, it's about time. Yeah, eight receptions, 163 yards, and a touchdown. Cade Stover, two receptions, 66 yards, and a touchdown. Just great play from Ohio State on both sides of the ball. Maybe you could have 
asked for a more efficient offense, but the defense was so good it didn't really matter. True. Yeah, I was kind of hoping to see Tulio play better. Yeah, I thought he would have. Yeah, I I know. <laughs> Your stake was pretty I obvious. I had this. I had them upsetting him. Yeah. You know, halftime ten ten. Like I'm thinking, okay, this is gonna be a great fucking game. Even in the third quarter, it's what twenty seventeen. Yeah. And in the fourth quarter, Ohio State just dominates. Yeah. Absolutely dominates. Yeah, and a guy that. I think we both talked about kind of previewing this season. Tommy Eichenberg, 13 total tackles in this game. This this has really been – that was probably his biggest game he's had all year. Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, JT Tuamaloa, another guy we talked about. Sack and a half in this one. There we go. Those are the two biggest playmakers on Ohio State's defenses on defense. So, yeah, they got a ball out. If they want a chance at that natty this year. Yeah, they definitely had some good performances. Um, yeah, let's talk Michigan. Number two, Michigan, 52 points on the uh, unranked Golden Gophers who put up a very small 10. Um, you know what? I need to say, like, one thing, and then we're essentially done. Um, Minnesota's quarterback was 5 for 15 with a touchdown and two picks. That tells the whole story here. Yeah, that's... He had that's a 5.3 QBR. Yo, pronounce that last name. Uh, It's probably Kalikamanis. Kal- that's pretty Kal- solid. Kalikamanis? 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 I don't fucking know. I don't know. know. If you just say it confidently the first time, it sounds right. Yeah. But yeah, just horrible fucking yeah. day. Like JJ McCarthy, like wasn't good. Blake Corum wasn't exceptional. They didn't need to. Yeah, nobody had a super good game. Yeah. But they put up fifty-two. Besides that, Michigan defense with two pick well, sixes. Yeah, that's that's the big part. Um, the two pick sixes, but still, like that's kind of crazy to put up fifty-two. With yeah. like nobody being all that crazy of a performance. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I don't have to talk about this one much. No, um, we're done. Florida State, number five, Florida State, 39, Virginia Tech, 17. I don't know why we let them kind of creep back into this game in the second and third quarter. Kind of bothered me. Like, we come out all guns, like just guns blazing, touchdown, go for two on the first fucking drive of the game. Like, really set the tone, put up 22 points in the first quarter, and then just, like, give up for the rest of the game. I don't know why the fuck we're doing that, but Jordan Travis didn't really need to do much, but he played well. Um, Trey Benson had the game of his life. He, <laughs> I think <laughs> in the third quarter, he broke his uh, career, like, long for a rush with, like, 65, and then broke it again with 85 later. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, crazy shit. But two touchdowns for him, and then Toa Feely had a touchdown as well on the ground. Johnny Wilson had a decent game considering how little we passed the ball. Still got two receiving touchdowns. But, yeah, just uh, kind of a, a get-your-business-done type of game for Florida State. Yeah, just, uh, hey, we're you know we're still dominant. Yeah. We look good. Give Jordan Travis a, a week off. Yeah, essentially. And Virginia Tech's ass. Yeah, 
yeah, that's that's basically the gist. Um, all right, let's talk about the updated AP poll because there is some some movement, and um, I'm I'm interested to talk about it because I'm not a fan of some of it, but yeah, nonetheless, your top four is as follows: Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State jumps up one to three, Florida State jumps up one to four. That's fine. I'm I'm fine with that. Uh, Oklahoma jumps up seven with their victory over Texas to move all the way to number five over Penn State, over Washington, and over Oregon, who all were on fucking bye weeks this week. That's what yeah. I don't get. They were on bye, and now Oklahoma just has a, a free ride to the top five. I was about to say, Oklahoma's got an easy, easy shot to win out now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The thing is, they'll probably end up facing Texas in the championship game. Yeah, and you know, Texas is going to come and get that money back. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe it holds both of them out of the playoff. Ooh, I like that. That could be interesting. I like that. But, uh, yeah, like I said, Penn State, Washington, Oregon, 6, 7, 8, and then Texas dropped 6 down to 9. USC drops 1 down to number 10. Though they're undefeated, you still got to win by some, some points, and they're not doing that. Uh, Alabama sits still at number 11, while North Carolina jumps up 2-12, to 12, Ole Miss up 3-13, to 13, Louisville with their big win up 11-14, to 14, Oregon State sits still at 15, uh, Utah up 2-16, to 16, Duke up 2-17, to 17, UCLA standing still at, uh, at 18, or actually I think they just got in, not... Yeah, they just got voted in to the uh, top 25. Washington State, though, drops uh, six down to 19. Tennessee goes up three to 19. Or, wait, oh, wait, what the fuck? Okay, the AP Polls website has two teams at 19. I thought I read it wrong, but that's just... That's weird. What the fuck? Okay, well, Tennessee's number 20, because that's the number that's missing. Um... Yeah, Tennessee moved up three spots to 20. Notre Dame dropped 11 spots down to 21, and they have two losses. LSU has two losses, and they just moved up a spot to 22, which is absurd. And uh, Kansas at 23, uh, Kentucky at 24, and then Miami somehow is still ranked at 25 after that abysmal loss. Uh, Missouri, though they lost, they should be in. Uh, Wyoming had a pretty big win over Fresno State that could have got them in. Um, you could still argue for Clemson. You could still argue for Maryland, though they both had tough weeks. And you could argue for an Air Force or Wisconsin there. Yeah, it's some. There's some pretty fucked up. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about Notre Dame and LSU still being ranked with two losses. So you think with uh, with Texas? Losing, does that really shoot Alabama's spot in the playoff out? Um, like If Texas were to win out for the rest, like they win their championship and they find a way back to the top four, does that hold Alabama out? Probably. Because they, they got that head-to-head over. Just because I think there will, like now I'm pretty sure there's going to be a Pac-12 spot. Yeah. And if Florida State wins out, they obviously make it in. So Alabama's only hope is to win out um win the wet like win the west 
get into the beat, championship game, beat Georgia in the SEC. Beat Georgia, champ. that's your only chance in. Yeah. And I don't that's know what, if that's going to happen. I I still think if that happens, I still don't think that's enough. Yeah, because you're going to have uh, a, a one loss, either Michigan or Ohio State, probably Ohio State. Well, let's just say, let's say yeah. Michigan wins out, Ohio State loses one game, but they don't go to a conference championship game. You'll probably have one undefeated team from the Pac-12, I think. I think Washington or Oregon will go undefeated. Um, I think it'll be Oregon. Yeah, we'll see. But USC has a, a chance to drop some games, and they'll probably fall out too. Um, if Oklahoma loses that conference championship with Texas, maybe that holds both of them out, like I said earlier. Probably not. Probably ends up going in the favor of Texas, I think. Yeah. If Texas plays pretty dominant for the rest of the schedule and then wins that game pretty handedly, that probably moves in their favor. But yeah. I, I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. I, I don't think Alabama's out. Like they have a path there. Um it's just very slim. Yeah. Very it slim. It is. But I no, I just want I just wanted to get your take on it. Yeah. I think um I think people need to watch out for North Carolina. I think they're really turning things around. And they have, like, some shit-ranked opponents coming up, like Miami next week. Yeah, North North Carolina could climb up them rankings. Yeah, definitely. Um, anything else you want to talk about with this poll? Uh, yeah, we need to get other people to write down the polls. <laughs> about it. Yeah. Yeah, what's up with that? Why, how the fuck do you make a typo on the AP poll? Oh, that and their rankings are just fucked. I don't think they're like, that bad. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, there's just, like you said, Oklahoma, I don't think should have jumped all the, those packed. No. And then down toward the bottom. I mean, but no one really cares down toward the bottom at the yeah, end. Yeah, those day. are the teams that are going to move in and out anyways. Like, that's, that's cool. You know, all the yeah. teams that are undefeated outside of, like, JMU, I think is the only undefeated team that's not ranked right now. Um, and Air Force. Once. Yeah, J- JMU and Air Force are the only undefeated teams that aren't ranked right now. So I'm not, I'm not mad uh, at all. I got you. All right. Well, let's talk about next week's. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. I can't talk to <laughs> Yeah, Whatever next week's is. Um, let's talk about next week's best matchups in college football. Uh, I'm going to start it off. Oregon-Washington. I had to go ahead and say that yeah. so you didn't. Uh, number eight, Oregon. Goes to number seven, Washington. College game day there. We've got my computer, which auto-corrected Penix to penis. Um <laughs> It did. I'm not kidding. I was literally about to read it, and I was like, that says penis. Uh, Yeah, Michael Penis uh, is now the favorite for Heisman on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, And Saturday, this matchup is the first Pac-12 matchup of teams 5-0 or better since 2004 when USC beat Arizona State 45-7. For a comparison, um... Two teams that were five and zero or better since two thousand four have matched up fifteen times in the SEC. Damn. Yeah. So Oregon Washington is the game of the week, no doubt. Who are you, who are you taking? Who are you Washington. Taking? 
Washington, you got a score prediction? Uh, I'm thinking it's a little lower than your typical Pac-12 matchup. Both like a 28-21? Teams... Yeah, both these teams have good defenses, but I'm going to go like Washington 31, Oregon 24. Okay. I like that. All right, working with the next game. USC Notre Dame. Oh yeah. 100%. At, at Notre Dame, you got number 10 USC coming in at number 21 Notre Dame's house. Granted, I think Caleb Williams is going to be a bounce back game. Yeah. He needs I think it's sh- I think it's just going to be complete domination. Yeah. Like I'm thinking like a like a 45 to 14. Maybe. Yeah, look, Notre Dame's offense isn't good. No, it's not. The only the only thing yeah. that will keep Notre Dame in this game is turnovers by USC uh, or just sloppy play. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, I think it's going to be a blowout. Yeah. Um, I can't decide between these two. For well, you take, one, you, you take one, I'll take the other one. It's fine. I know, I know which two you're talking about. So you take one, I'll take the other one. You know what? I'm going to pivot to one that's not on here. Number 18, UCLA versus number 15, Oregon State. Okay. I don't know why it's not on there. That's my fault, but it's a good game. I, I yeah. like like Dante Moore has looked very good since he's stepped in for UCLA, but DJ Uwangalule is certainly having a bounce back. Um, Martinez at running back for Oregon State has been great. Like This is a fun game to watch. A lot of points, but it'll be a close one, so... I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Oregon State. I, okay. I think. I, I know I talked about how I like UCLA's defense earlier, but Oregon State's a good team. Yeah. Yeah. DJ's proven himself this year. Yeah. He's showing he he can be a quarterback, and that he made the right move to stay at Oregon State and be a quarterback and not go play baseball. True. But all right. Next game, 7.30 p.m., SEC Network. You got your new unranked Missouri Tigers going to Lexington to take on number 24, Kentucky. Fantastic. I, I, I didn't want to talk about North Carolina because I just feel like this is going to be a blowout. But this game, I'm going to take Missouri with the upset at Kentucky, and that score is going to be Thirty-one to twenty-eight. Thirty-one to twenty-eight. It's close. I think we're we're gonna we're gonna see a bounce back game from uh, was it is it Ray Davis? Yeah, Ray Davis. For some reason, I wanted to say I had I was mixing the Zay Jones in my head. I was about to say Ray Jones, but yeah, we're gonna see a bounce back game from Ray Ray Davis. You almost got yourself again. I almost got myself <laughs> again, bro. I had to think about I heard that. that. But Missouri's just going to be able to withstand the Kentucky Wildcats and kick a game-winning field goal. All right. Yeah, I'm going to talk about Miami-North Carolina because North Carolina is going to win this game. I'm yeah. more interested in, is Mario Cristobal going to kneel the ball in his first possession? Ooh. <laughs> I like that. That would be fucking hilarious. But, yeah, look, like Miami is good. I'm not going to take that away from them. But North Carolina is going to beat the brakes off of them. I think three and a half points is not enough. I was about to say, what do you think about that line? Yeah, I, I think 
it, it should if I'm making that line, it's six and a half. You taking the over on fifty seven? I don't know about that though. Yeah, I I don't think I, I don't, don't think trust Miami's, Miami's gonna, offense. Yeah, I think Miami's gonna put up less than fourteen points. Maybe. We'll see. I, I'm looking more like thirty five seventeen. Okay, so that makes sense. Go three more head. points than me. Yeah. All right, and then you know, next we'll talk about Texas A and M Tennessee. Yeah. Because I mean, A and M plays like they should be ranked, but they've just had a couple crucial losses. Yeah, I think Tennessee is a team that could certainly lose. Yeah, absolutely. So, it, I'm curious to see is uh, Wegman still out? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Also. Okay, Tennessee and Washington State are actually, I think they're just actually tied at 19. Actually? Because ESPN has them both ranked at 19. How does that happen? I don't know. Has that ever happened before? I'm sure it has, or people would be talking about it a lot more. How do you just have two teams ranked at 19? Also, the Astros are up four nothing on the Twins right now. What'd you say? The Astros are up four nothing on the Twins right now. It's the second inning. Oh shit! Yeah, Jose Abreu hit a first inning home run. It's gonna. It's gonna be our takes are our takes are not looking good right now, Dre. Yeah. Okay, I can't find anything about this. Okay, whatever. Yeah, look, we'll Tennessee. Do, we'll do some research. Tennessee is going to lose this football game. That's okay. all I have to say. Yeah, I, I, I'm in the same boat. I, I think it's going to be. I think, I think it's going to be like real close. Maybe. I think it's going to be. I think A and M wins it by like a, a field goal or a touchdown, probably later in the game. I was going to go. I was going to go 35-31. Yeah, I think Joe Milton throws a costly interception, 80 yards down the field, <laughs> as he does. Um, all right, Colin, let's wrap this up here with a little stake your claim. Let's see what you got. So we're going to, we're going to throw it over to the MLB. All right. And let's see this, this series between the Rangers and Orioles is not over. Right. It is not over. I think the Orioles are going to fight back to a game five back at Baltimore. Um, basically, so the evidence behind that, we're seeing it with the Braves, and we're probably going to see it with the Dodgers. It's just after this long period, like this break for the number one seeds, we're starting to see the offense. We saw it in game two for their series. The offense is waking up. Yeah. And I know the Rangers pitching staff, mainly with Scherzer and DeGrom, both not there. We've seen their struggles. Their bullpen we know is horrible. But Jordan Montgomery uh, is not starting until game four, right? I believe so. Because he started game one. So so they got Evaldi this game. I feel like if they can get through Evaldi, their confidence is going to be through the roof. And that they will light up. Uh, what's his name? Jordan Montgomery, and then Dan Dunning is piece of fucking cake. All right, but I think the Orioles are gonna fight their way to a series win in Game Five, and then 
we'll see them in the World Series. Oh, so they're going to win the NLDS and then they're going to win the ALCS and get to the World Series? Yeah, also you said NLDS. Sorry, ALDS. Yeah, no, there's, there, trust me, it's not over for the Orioles. Okay. I'm, I may sound real stupid in the morning. Maybe. You but, might sound stupid in two hours before anybody even hears this. Yeah, but trust, <laughs> trust, trust. What's your source? Trust me, bro. Okay. Trust. All right. I'm not going to trust you, but I am going to give you my claim, which sticks with college football, and it's that this Georgia Tech-Miami blunder has single-handedly put Mario Cristobal in the hot seat. Yeah. I think you look at last season, and they lost close game to Texas A&M. They lost to Middle Tennessee. They blew it against North Carolina. They won a super close one to Virginia Tech. They lost in blowout fashion to Duke. They win in fourth four overtimes against Virginia, 14 to 12. That's a telling fucking result. They get their brakes blown off by Florida State. They win against Georgia Tech. They get the shit beat out of them by Clemson. They get the shit beat out of them by Pitt. You come to this year, they start off, they have this big win over A&M. Everybody's talking about them. And then they make a mistake like this. When Cristobal genuinely cannot afford a mistake. Cristobal needs a great season because now you go into North Carolina and Clemson back-to-back. You kind of get a week off with Virginia. And then you come back, NC State, Florida State, Louisville, Boston College. That is not an easy way to go through the rest of this season. I I see two wins, maybe, on the rest of their schedule. They needed that win against Georgia Tech, and they fucking blew it, and it's Mario Cristobal's fault. They Last season, the transfer portal fucked them. Everybody left this offseason, and they didn't make any strong efforts to bring anything back in. That's also Cristobal's fault because coaches are now liable for what is going in and what is coming out. Like that, That's a big deal for a head coach now in college football is commanding your program's presence in the transfer portal, and Cristobal does not do a good enough job of it, especially not considering his ACC counterparts to do a significantly better job doing it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think think that blunder has kind of – it's the last domino to fall to put Mario Cristobal in the hot seat. Okay. So you think – if he doesn't get more than like three wins, if they you think if they lose out, which is po- actually if they lose all but Virginia and one of NC State or Boston College, I think he needs to get fired. Okay. Yeah, I mean Miami's got to do what's best for the program, and he yeah. is just not it. Yeah. In a time where it's so, it's not. I'm not going to say it's easy, but. It's common for a team to make huge changes in the summer and for a team to genuinely go out and get a new quarterback, a new running back, new wide receivers, a a new defensive end, everything. In one summer, you could get all of that, and they all have college, Division I, FBS, Power 5 experience. You can go out and do that, and you're not. That hurts you. 
So that's uh people that's, people want to play in Miami. Yeah. Miami's beautiful. Beautiful campus. Awesome area. Yeah. Come on now. Come on now. Yeah. I'd I'd be there in a heartbeat. Psych, <laughs> you fucking wish. If I Go was good hours, at any baby. sport, my ass ain't going to fucking Miami. Yeah, we already know where you're going, dog. <laughs> Get old Tallahassee, Florida. Yes, sir. State capital. All right. I think that's about it for us. And if you didn't hear it at the beginning, you're going to hear it again. Like, subscribe, comment, uh, turn on notifications on YouTube. Do it all. And since you're still here watching on YouTube, you should look down right here. Look at all those look at all those usernames that you could be typing into your search browser right now and following us on. But if you're listening on the podcast platform and you don't see me staring deep into your eyes, your beautiful, beautiful eyes, um, you're just gonna have to follow the podcast on that platform. And then you're gonna have to give us five stars on Apple and Spotify. Do it on both. I don't care. And then you're gonna go to the link tree in the podcast description. And you're going to follow us on everything so you can keep up with all that content we're putting out there. And, uh, Colin, I think that's going to do it for us, man. We'll see y'all. I'll see y'all later this week. Colin will see you next week. Peace. Go Braves.